Lobbyist gets whack next Geraldo. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, February 10th, 2011. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 277. This is No Agenda. Deconstructing the press releases, the mainstream passes off as news, live from the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the price of gasoline is up, up, up. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yay. What is it now? I don't know. 355? 360? I think it's 360, 370. 360, yeah. 380, I've seen. It's getting there. In the morning to San Francisco, to you. it's always like 380, something like that. Yeah. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea and boots on the ground. Wings in the skies, foots in the oceans, checks in the mails, bakers in the kitchens, dungs in the pits. Astronauts manning the moon and Mars base stations, anyone napping for humanity, hams on the air, and human resources throwing shoes and boots everywhere, especially those in the chat room, noagendastream.com, where everyone is charged up and ready, full of electricity, the way their government needs them to be, to be good little human resources. I'm happy to have you aboard. I spent most of my morning uh, tracking down an electrical fault. Oh, yeah, what did you have? What was wrong? Well, remember when the, the stream, I don't know, no, you probably don't remember. Yesterday, and I was in San Francisco, the, the stream went down. Of course, we have so many awesome human resources manning this open source radio project we have that, of course, you know, another, you know, something pops up and the show continues as normal. Um, and I couldn't figure it out because, you know, the whole system was offline. I come home and uh, a fuse had blown. This is one of these things that's kind of hard to manage remotely. A fuse or a breaker? A breaker, I'm sorry. Good point. And uh, so, you know, I reset the breaker and I start everything up again. And then uh, this morning I wake up and pff, lo and behold, the, the breaker's tripped again. So, I, so all right, now i got to go figure out where it is, which consists of systematically unplugging things, <laughs> walking around. Turns out it's uh, an outside, uh, outside light. Oh. Yeah. One of those. Yeah, them outside plugs, they go out all the time. Yeah, I, well, it's not a plug. It's just a, it's a uh, you know. It's, yeah, it's wire like the, outside. Yeah, so uh, I've taped it off. Big gaffer tape across the uh, switch. Do not switch. If we go dark, you know what's happening. So there's a lot of weird news. Not just weird news, but a lot of news in general. Um, you want to kick it off? I mean, I, the, the main thing for me was the obvious indoctrination I, I i just got word this morning that uh, there is an emergency vote on the patriot act today now of course <laughs> i know this is great isn't it um uh, two days ago there were three provisions i mean we should step back and say the patriot act you know which was set in when was that set in place in 2003 or did that no, go no, even right earlier? after 20, right after uh, oh that's right they right had after. it ready i forgot yeah they had it all written up and ready to go and so that went right after 9 11 and, of course, this was not just about terrorism. It was about spying on the citizens of Gitmo Nation, uh, tapping your phones, and, you know, just you know, being able to arrest you for any reason, just all of this crazy stuff. And this stuff has a sunset provision. It's, you know, it, it expires. It goes away. Now, it, keeps on, it, kept, it kept on getting renewed and was up for renewal or up for expiration, and they were trying to um, renew it through December of this year. And it's necessary, you know, if if we want to if we want to keep tabs on the slaves, then you know we've we've got to keep that going, right? And so uh, it gets voted down, <laughs> or, or three provisions in a bill gets voted down. Yeah, like the wiretapping thing for sure. Right. So of course this is no good. 
And Wait. the weird thing was, is the Republicans that voted it out. I know. And not even the ones who voted it in. Who are they? What is it? Make up your minds, guys. Well, it's interesting. Someone did something really cool because um, it wasn't just uh, if if they had gone by the old rules where you needed a, uh, a two thirds majority, it would have gone through. But somehow someone changed the rules, and now it only had to be uh, a regular majority. So some, you know, there's someone on the inside doing something good, which I appreciate. So you know, this, of course, doesn't work. So uh, Lucy, and uh, better known as Janet Napolitano, uh, t- amazingly, right on the, at the right day, the right moment, one you know, th- on the day of the vote, which of course is perfect scheduling for the news media, uh, testifies with uh, with Leitner. I guess that's her uh, her dude, that her right hand man from uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, and they testify before Congress, and it's unbelievable. It's just, it's just unbelievable the things that are coming out of her mouth, clearly targeted at getting into the uh, uh, into the newspapers with, well, I have a clip here, so we might as well listen to, uh, to how incredibly dangerous it is, because, John, in case you didn't know, in many ways, we are at the highest level of threat from terror since 9-11. Wow. Yes, I hope you were aware. Now to uh, the subject and the very important subject of today's hearing. Uh, there is no question that we have made many important strides in securing our country from terrorism since 9-11. Uh, but the threat continues to evolve. Threat. And in some ways, the threat today may be at its most heightened state since the attacks nearly 10 years ago. So. I, I like yeah I love this but she's she's very very coy and very smart and she says in some ways what ways well, well somebody should call her out and say no what no ways? one actually no one is gonna call her out come They're on all sleeping yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, but it's it's so unbelievable because now we have uh, one of our uh, producers uh, I think it's uh, Mark Kearns I want to say. He, because this was a, a a two and a half hour C-SPAN extravaganza, just gold, just complete gold in this uh, in this C-SPAN testimony, and uh, I was traveling, and he, I, you know, this is this is I, actually I'm seeing more and more no agenda producers doing this, which is is just fantastic. Uh, he's like, you know what? Not only did I watch it for you, um, I actually I pulled some clips. So he like pre, he pre-produced this. All right. Yeah, it's fantastic. So we got a couple. Do you want to just do a couple of these clips? Because it'll just blow you away. I love Lucy. Well, Leitner's, Leitner's even better because well, he's, he's the next. He'll be taken over. Oh, yeah. No, he'll he'll totally be taken over as Lucy goes Herr off. Hair Leitner. Yeah, it goes off. <laughs> it goes. Hair Leitner. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let me. Uh, let me just pull out a couple of quotes here. Some just amazing stuff from uh, from good old Lucy here. What she had to say. Uh, Secretary Napolitano, in your testimony, uh, you went to great lengths to describe the involving threat uh, on the homeland. On the homeland. Uh, relative the to homeland. homegrown terror. On the hinterland. <laughs> the Svaterland. Homeland. That's the United States of America. Um, law enforcement agencies have also talked about uh, neo-Nazis and biomimal <laughs> extremists. Yay! Yeah, yeah. 
we've, we're already at Hitler. We haven't even that's, started. Yeah, let's put them in the in the pot. It's Terrorists. great. It's great. And anti-tax groups. Oh, oh no, <laughs> anti-tax groups. That's oh yeah, jail them. Oh yeah, no. Th- this is. Uh, <laughs> I'll play that for you in a moment. Idiot, just say Republicans. Uh, no, it's actually anti-government. They're just saying it now. It's not like written down somewhere in like a little thingy. No, now they're just coming out and saying it. Hey, you're against taxes, you're terrorists. Prevalent than Al-Qaeda-inspired terrorist organizations. Have you all looked at this to see if that, uh, in fact, is the truth? Now, now you, know, you know that this is a script. It's like, all right, listen, you old guy there, uh, you, you need to ask this question if uh, anti-tax people are terrorists, and ask me if I've looked into it. Uh... Uh, Representative Thompson, not not in that sense. I mean, we have we don't have like a scorecard. Um, the plain fact of the matter is is yes. that from not yet, it, but it's a good idea. From a law enforcement terrorist prevention uh, perspective, uh, we have to prepare law enforcement and communities for both types of acts. So um, she's got all. I mean, it's just it's just filled with. Uh, Al-Qaeda this, Al-Qaeda that. It, it, it just doesn't stop with Lucy. And in some ways, the threat today may be at its most heightened state since the attacks nearly 10 years ago. In addition to the core Al-Qaeda group, which still represents a threat to the United States despite its diminished capabilities, we now face threats from a number of Al-Qaeda associates. Ah, they're associates, John. They're business associates. Huh. That's who we have to look out for. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about these Al-Qaeda associates. And in some ways, the threat to... Oh, hold on a second. I deleted the wrong one. Sorry. Ah. Yeah, forget about that. Let me uh, let me move over to Leitner. Cause he, he <laughs> what was, did you do? Blow it up? Yeah. Eh, yeah. I got confused. Leitner was actually more entertaining because he really, uh, he really got into it. And uh, so he, the first thing is... It's like it's so clear that Al Qaeda is uh, recruiting people in the homeland, in the Fatherland, because they launched a new magazine. <laughs> oh, they got a new magazine out. That's fantastic. Specifically, over the past year, AQAP released four issues of its magazine, English magazine Inspire, which attempts to persuade adherents to launch attacks on their own in the West. That's right. That, that it's. It's pushing people to launch attacks of their own in the West. But we got to look out. We're focused on continuing to lead information integration across the U.S. government for counterterrorism purposes. We have always had access to a plethora of databases. Mm-hmm. But in con- conjunction with DHS, FBI, and others, we have further developed over the past year an information technology architecture which aims to improve our ability to detect this new sort of threat. Uh, information yeah, yeah. It's, technology architecture. It's called Facebook. <laughs> We've got our databases, our information architecture technology with skip logic and some COBOL in there. It's called Facebook. And that's how we're tracking everything. We're watching the tubes. So, uh, hold on a second. And then he drops this little ditty. Let us know what's really going on. Offensive pressure that we're applying to Al-Qaeda in Pakistan. Oh, Al-Qaeda in Pakistan. Now they're actually just saying it. The war is in Pakistan, everybody. So maybe even more interesting is uh, Lucy then goes on another C-SPAN show, and uh, this is a sit-down uh, interview, and she talks about a couple of things that are very, very disturbing. Uh, one is a new version of terrorist we have, John, the lone wolf. It, it's, this is the meme we've got to look out for, the lone wolf terrorist. This is someone who's very hard to track. He's not really affiliated with al-Qaeda. 
Um, He's just some pissed off person. Exactly. Who's against the government and doesn't like being taxed. So yeah. he's a lone wolf. He's a lone acting, wolf. He's lone wolf almost. Um, perhaps in, in some type of a conspiracy with a, with a foreign entity, but as individuals yeah. as opposed to large groups of people. What specifically is the department doing to try to make sure that it's positioned to try to identify, you know... By the way, this is C-SPAN editorializing by saying, well, you know, we know we got these lone wolves out there. What, what is this guy? Is, is he just reading off the teleprompter? I have no idea where that comes from. Yeah, well... Uh, he's like, well, we have this lone wolf. It's well known, John. Well known, lone. Well known. Well known. Well known. Just ask him some questions. Bring him. Put him aside. Yeah. Take him aside. And say, yeah. hey, buddy. Hey, what you doing? Not being a lone wolf. Here we go. Individual acting as opposed to in a group on September 11th. What What are you doing to, to make sure that you're going to be in, in front on the next incident? He's got well, that. Hey, he's got that kind of weird nervous patter that. Uh, MK Ultra suspects have no, no, like <laughs> C-SPAN uh, or CNN's uh, uh, white-haired guy, uh, your buddy uh, Vanderbilt. Oh, Anderson, yeah, he does have that kind of nervous stutter. Yeah, you're right, you're right. No, it's because he's MK Ultra, like Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper. Same thing. He's got a chip. Um, Eric, it is tough. I mean, the- notice by the way, Eric, Eric, Eric. As we discussed earlier, Eric, it is tough. Uh, uh, the the so-called lone wolf or the individual who's not part of a conspiracy who uh, isn't using any kind of complicated weaponry, uh, you know. I'm you know, like your neighbor, just some douche. <laughs> he's got no complicated weaponry. He's got no group he's hanging out with. These are the guys we got to go get, you know, the troublemakers. Unless they're giving off real uh, tips ahead of time, it's, it's very difficult to prevent them from uh, committing an act of terrorism. And I think... Uh, we're struggling with that. The FBI is struggling with that. The NCTC, the National Counterterrorism Center, we have uh, all been struggling with how, how do we do that. And uh, really, the, uh, the most effective things uh, I think we can do right now uh, are the things I was just describing to you, which is asking individuals to be alert about their surroundings, uh, having uh, police that are uh, trained to recognize suspicious uh, activities that could be a tip-off that something is going to happen, and then uh, a third thing, uh, uh-huh. which is uh, to make sure that our communities are prepared to be resilient. That yes, resilient. Uh, this falls, of course, under the heading... If you see something, say something. And then she gets really... It gets really weird because they've come out with the new software for the scanners, John. The new software. And the software no longer shows you naked. Yeah, sure. Uh, but they have a term for this. Um, because it, it, uh, it just shows an outline and I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil the, uh, the term that, uh, Lucy will tell us in a moment and it pinpoints the dangerous areas that, uh, could conceal, uh, weapons of mass destruction. So what do we call slaves in this case? Over the holidays, there was a huge media uproar over new procedures that TSA rolled out for pat downs and, uh, and, uh, random body scanner selection and, and body scanning being used as a secondary uh, search method. Right. Um, the department has said that you're hoping that you'd have a thousand of these uh, new technology scanners in place by the end of the calendar year. Has the budgeting process gotten in the way of that? Um, are you going to be able to meet that target? Um, or, or are you struggling with that? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think we'll be able to meet that target. And uh, even as we do so, we're already piloting the next wave of software, which uh, has much more of kind of a gingerbread man type of uh, <laughs> image on. on. <laughs> this is code. Gingerbread man. Now, yeah, type it in. Google it. Gingerbread man uh, typically stands for 
a naughty boy who's running away, who's up to no good. I mean, if you if you know the story of the gingerbread man, uh, and you can uh, look at Wikipedia. Also, um, I believe a book of a guy who went totally psycho um, called The Gingerbread Man came out in uh, 2005 or six, I think, um, written by, uh, uh, who's that guy? He's, you know, that CIA guy uh, who does all the big movies. <clears throat> a lot of CIA guys out there. And, oh, uh, yeah, what's the what's his name? The, uh, uh, why can't I Looney? find <laughs> No, no, the, the guy who does uh, who? all those CIA books, come on. Clancy? Not Clancy, the other one. <laughs> right, anyway. Keep naming names, it's not helping. Yeah, it's not, I'm sorry. It's called Gingerbread Man? Yeah. Is the name of the book? Yeah, the, uh, and, yeah and it was a movie as well. Well, it should be easy enough to find by typing in Gingerbread. gingerbread so, if, man. so the story of the gingerbread man is I've run away from the little old woman. I can run away from you, I can. I mean, it's this total subliminal code that now you're Robert sure. Downey Jr.? No. <laughs> Robert th- Altman? No, th- he directed the movie. Right, who, yeah. who wrote that? Kenneth Branagh, as it was in it. Uh, who wrote that? Who wrote it? Who wrote it? Take a look. All right, let me go to IDB, IMDB, whatever yeah, it is. You go do that. Writers, John, oh, Grisham? Grisham, there you so go. You think Grisham CIA? Totally. Okay. So, but it's about a guy who went crazy. So now, it, it just it's subliminal. I've never but, seen this movie. It only got a five point seven out of ten. Well, maybe it wasn't all that good. But the story of it came the came out in ninety eight, by the way. But the story of the gingerbread man is totally positioning you as the the slave, the protagonist in the fairy tale. Yeah, the cookies escape from the pursuers and his eventual demise. Uh, yeah, no, it's insulting. This it's woman totally, should be totally drummed insult. out of office and the Homeland Security Department should be shut down and the Coast Guard should go back into the uh, military where it belongs. It's uh, it's really unconscionable. So then, of course, so you get all the front page stories. It's like, oh, Lucy says, uh, you know, threat is highest ever. This is horrible. This is we, what are we doing? And uh, emergency vote, emergency vote. So... <laughs> It's so transparent. It's so obvious how this works, and I'm so happy that it that it, now it happened literally in the span of three days, so we can show the audience that this is exactly how it works. Oh wait, a minute. what? What? They changed the rules and voted. What? Oh, we need to have we need to have these rules back in. We can't have this thing expire. Quick emergency meeting, Lucy. Get out there. Tell everyone how dangerous it is. And of course, now we're all preparing for the. Um, the first national. How many, how many uh, attacks have there been on the homeland over the la- that actually were successful or otherwise that have been on the homeland or, or, over the last ten years? Well, well, Lucy, just like World War Two, yeah. where, where, where millions of people are dying, and you know, and there's all kinds of issues going on, and espionage, and train tracks being blown up. What, what, what train tracks have been blown up? Well, what's it? What refineries have been bombed? <laughs> Well, what uh, what ter- ter- terrible things have happened? Well, what's interesting is in the C-SPAN uh, piece, and I encourage everyone to watch it, uh, the only examples that Lucy comes up with are the Times Square bomber guy who who had stuff that wouldn't burn. Yeah, uh, the guy's all these duds. Yeah, the, uh, the, guy, the, the, the kid who was enticed into dialing a number and arrested for thinking he was going to blow something up. Right, the idiot. Yeah, in Seattle. 
Yeah, the guy that was trained by the FBI. Right, to, <laughs> right. Courage, and of course, where they made a mistake. Of course, they lost a little bit of the tape, so they lost some of that. Right, but the guy. Oh, you know, we're in, sorry in, about in, that. <laughs> in actual police work, where you police things, you would find a guy like that, and you would take him aside and say, "Hey, we know what you're up to. Stop it." Yeah, would, <laughs> really. That would be the end of it. Stop. Hey, hey, kid, stop doing that. Stop doing that. But no, instead, in today's world, you take the guy aside and you say, and you say what are you interested in doing? Oh, that, well, let's help you. Yeah, here's Let a- me help <laughs> you to the point where you, where you make the phone call so we can arrest you. What kind of police work is this? This yeah. isn't just stopping crime. But it's not police it's work. What it is is examples that are used to further the agenda, which is taking place before our very eyes. Nobody it is, does it, anything about it. Nobody votes these idiots out of office. No, I'm sorry. Vote. Something was done about it, John. Something was done about it, and here's how it goes. <clears throat> Hello, uh, Lindsay? Here's Barack. Hey, uh, Lindsay. Uh, it's time for the Slut Squad uh, distraction team. Can you um, steal something so we can cover up the news? That's how it goes. That's exactly what's going on here. And was like, well, oh, because the Christina Aguilera thing didn't have any legs. Well, she's also a member of the yeah, it did <laughs> the Slut Squad. Because people don't, no one noticed it. This is this is the problem. People did not notice that she flubbed the national anthem. They had to be I, told. I listened to her. I listened. To, we'll talk about that after the. Let's we'll take a break for the. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I, but I do have to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, Can I just finish this up with one interesting little factoid before we get yeah, to some thanks? Well, so. Um, so I traveled uh, up north to um, Gitmo Nation, San Francisco, and uh, I was like, oh, gosh, because you, know, you know me, I'm going to have to opt out and everything. So they still do not have um, naked body scanners, gingerbread man scanners at uh, Burbank Airport. Good. But, but here's what happened. So um, I go through the magnometer, and it felt, it went off. It felt to me like it went off a little later. Maybe that's just my perception, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was already through it, and then it went off. And then uh, immediately the guy says, step in here. And, uh, and, and he opens up the door to the, the slave aquarium. You know, that's the, like a little glass box you stand there. Like, yeah, and everyone's looking at you in the glass box. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to search me. This will be interesting. This will be my first full body pat down. And so remember now, my, so I apparently have some metal on me that made the magnometer go off. And then um, a TSA officer, female officer, uh, opens the aquarium on the other side and says, are these your shoes? Holding up my boots. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, we, we've got to scan them for explosives. Okay. Why are they telling you this, by the way? What are you gonna? What, what, what is the point of that? Why don't they just grab the shoes and put them back in the scanner? I think she was. Uh, that was her way of asking my permission. What do you need permission for? All I'm saying is, is your shoes. My Who cares? I mean, why do they ask? Why do they do? They do this constantly. We're going to put this your suitcase back through the scanner. So do it. But you missed the point. The point is, I apparently had some metal on me, but they didn't search me. They they swabbed they just, my sh- my shoes. What? That's, that's what I'm saying. I went. Were the, you wearing the shoes at no, the time? No, no. The metal detector goes off. They send me into the aquarium. I'm waiting for my pat down. They say, "Are these your shoes?" Yeah. We're gonna swab them. They swab my, and I just walk right out. And, uh, you know, with, with 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 my with my nine millimeter. Unbelievable. I, I'm like, what? It was the most curious thing, and so I'm actually thinking that because uh, again, it felt like the magnometer went off late. So maybe it's just like a, 
someone's pressing a button or something. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's but, back there. That guy. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Let's get that guy. Find out. <laughs> Maybe they thought I was a, a hot chick with my hair and everything. Oh, shit. Oh. Man, who hit the button? Uh, swab his shoes. It's a guy. <laughs> swab his shoes and let him go. You know that how that happens where someone will come up to me from behind, ma'am, ma'am, and I'll turn around. Yes. <laughs> right. And uh, so maybe someone, you know, someone the one TSA agent was like, hey, hey, look at that, look at that hot chick. Eh, eh, eh. Oh crap! It's a dude. No, swab his shoes. Then <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. It sounds like. It, and then on the way back from Oakland Airport, um. They uh, they had uh, naked body scanners, none of them in use. So if, yeah, last time I went through Oakland, they weren't using them either. So I don't understand if we're at the, in some ways, as Lucy says, in some ways, a heightened uh, uh, threat. Ever. Yeah, well, well, then how come we're not like undressing people? Well, there's no where's the where's the, the path? I think the TSA has either been told or just like forget about it, just lay off, don't worry about it. Because first of all, we all know it's a joke anyway. It's, a, it's one big money-grabbing scam, and, and no one's noticing. And yeah, once in a while, they might throw a slave to the body scanner, yeah, whatever. Which, by the way, they're still, they, the TSA is still uh, has not released the results of their tests to show that they are safe. Yeah, we're going to do it in a couple weeks, they say. I've got the, show, the link in the show notes. Anyway, yeah, we, yeah, we, it's all safe. We're going to release these test results in a couple weeks. Don't worry about it. Uh, uh, after we do another false flag attack or something so we can... Make everyone afraid. I don't, it's just, it's crazy. And that can... I think co- the public's getting sick of it. Yeah, it's, so they, you know, they got to well, keep course, the there's a, Of course, there's the public, which would be the, our listeners and, and, and travelers. And, and then there's the other public, the boneheads that, you know, the man on the street who they ask and they say, oh, I think it would better be safe than sorry. Better to be safe than sorry. Safe than sorry. Better to be safe than sorry. I don't know what else you're going to do. Better be safe than sorry. This concludes our minute of... If you see something, say something. I want to thank a few of the executive producers. Yes. Uh, we have two uh, executives and two associate executives this week. For t- and and coincidentally, the uh, since nobody uh, contributed more than two seventy seven, the two seventy seven club members are actually executive producers. Oh, this is new. Hold on a second. It, well, it's been, happened before. Okay, but we have two uh, two uh, executive producers who are also now members of the closed two seventy seven club. Sir Lawrence Roik, Sir Larry, Sir Larry, uh, Burlington, Ontario, Canada. John and Adam enjoying the show as usual, uh, though my wife thinks I'm nuts. <laughs> she wrote a column once said, my wife thinks I'm nuts was the title. Uh, trying to get her to see the Magic 33s. Could use some karma, please. <laughs> Is that karma for him or karma for the marriage? I'm not it's quite sure. Well, You've got karma. Well... He's on his way. Well, let's finish this. He's on his way to third night. He's trying to perpetuate the formula at lifewithnoagenda.com. Hey, he sent me a beautiful email. He's uh, he's been through some. Uh, he, you know, th- this is something I'm noticing. A lot of our uh, producers, you know, the economy is it really is bad. People wind up taking jobs that are you know fifty to a hundred miles away from where they live. And this is also, I think, a part of the reason why we have more listeners than ever is because people are commuting and they and they need to. I think this is kind of Sir Larry's email to me. It's like you know. By listening to your show while driving a hundred miles to this god awful job, which pays me less less than I ever made in my life, at least you guys make me feel like I'm not crazy thinking this is all all crap. <laughs> 
so it's 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 kind of good. And uh, so well, we, I don't know how good is it. I mean, well, no, we're good. Too, we're the, good. The bad side is that when things improve, <laughs> he won't be listening anymore. No, I don't know, but, man. I, I think yeah, one. Just, you know, this show is for these guys like Sir Lawrence because it's like. Uh, you know, you're in your car, you're, you're locked in your crappy car driving away. Even if you yeah. have a nice car, it's still a long still, time to sit in the car. It's still prison. It's still prison. Totally. So, uh, and our other uh, 277 Club member is Mike DeBrock, also executive producer of Spring Grove, Illinois. It's his birthday, February 10th. Do we have him on the list? Uh, I believe so. Uh, you surprised me with this. Let me just double check. We'll, we'll do him later, obviously. Um, no, we don't. That's great. Good work, Eric. Good work. Mike it's my birthday, February tenth, and I decided to pay it forward. Uh, by the way, give yourself, give ourselves some Uber Karma and go slaves. Yeah, <laughs> go slaves! Yay! You've got karma. <laughs> go slaves! <laughs> go slaves! It's a hoodie. I, it's a hoodie. Wouldn't that be a yeah? Go slaves! That, that is a hoodie. We should work on that. Yeah, I think it's funny because you, you can imagine having a football team, you know, somewhere the slaves. <laughs> Uh, and that would be so politically incorrect. Oh, you can't do that, man. Dan Henderson, Louisville, Kentucky, at two twenty two twenty two, associate executive producer. Hey, John and Adam, looking forward to a new gig. Need some karma? Can you call out Justin Thomas as a douchebag? Douchebag. Problem. Yep, got and that. And Henderson and Henderson need some karma. And hold on, here we, here it comes. Hold on, stand by. You've got karma. Yep. And he says it's good to be a one percenter. He's a new uh, donor, by the way. Kyle Miller, Bon Accord. In, uh, What'd you bon, bon Accord. What? But he's actually, since it's in Alberta, Canada, I'm sure it's pronounced Bon Accord. Right. Hi, uh, John and Adam. I have had the misfortune, this $200, by the way, of working in Fort McMurray, Alberta, for the last several months and have unlistened to episodes of No Agenda dating back to June. Wow. Uh, on the other hand, I've made a lot of cash. Alberta's where all the money is, by the way. Oh, really? And now that I'm catching up, I thought I'd share some with you. Also, I'm trying to work on my own knighthood layaway, so hopefully more donations will be forthcoming. We oh, hope so. That's so awesome. We really appreciate that. I got a couple of uh, PR mentions okay. uh, that I'd like to lay down on you. We have uh, a new domain uh, being forwarded, uh, courtesy of Stu Coates, who is an $11.11 subscriber. He says, great show. Uh, I had this domain hang around. It's fuckthe.eu, which <laughs> I don't know how they let that pass by. They they loosened up some years ago. <laughs> so F-U-C-K-T-H-E dot E-U is uh, now pointing to noagendashow.com. Um, the, <laughs> uh, Steve has Hilarious. put together, this is really great, the noagendacarboncalculator.tk. Ah. So you can actually, you can actually, yeah, no, this is really good. You can calculate your uh, your carbon credits when you sleep. So you fill in the number of hours you work. You know he has uh, he has a very interesting uh, uh, little matrix there. It's a beautiful page. And uh, when you when you hit the the go button after you filled out how long you're going to nap, uh, then it pops up with a whole bunch of cool stuff. Tells you how how much your carbon credits are worth. Uh, mine, by the way, if I napped for an hour a day, would be seventy eight dollars. Which is not what? bad. Yeah, it's like seventy eight dollars and ninety something cents. And uh and then it has little little things that are like For an hour of napping? A day, yeah. So my so that would probably be my total my total in a year carbon. Oh that's a year. Yeah, so a you, year's. Were, you you have nine seventy eight dollars a year's worth of carbon? Yeah. Well it's a it's a mm-hmm. credit. 
Well, and if we have thousands and thousands yes, of people exactly. for humanity, this exactly. is uh, tradable on the Chicago Exchange. Exactly. So uh, it even says right here, it says, uh, planting a tree is hard. Why not just take a nap? <laughs> Which I think is uh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> Most excellent. <laughs> so that falls under the... I'd like to remind everyone that uh, Rhino the Bearded, uh, who does No Agenda Shots, which is a core part of the um, NoAgendaStream.com, every hour we have a No Agenda Shot. It really propagates the formula. Uh, he has a project. Uh, he, he basically need in, in order to continue doing the No Agenda Shots, he needs you to help him out and pay for his uh, books for school, because otherwise he'd have to take a job and wouldn't have the time to do the No Agenda Shots. He's kind of basically gone half uh, part-time. So uh, please consider helping his Kickstarter project. Only has about a month left, and uh, he's not at the goal yet. I've even kicked in some money, so I'd appreciate everyone helping him out because it's uh, very core for the uh, NoAgendaStream.com uh, project. Uh, then we have a brand-new iPhone app, uh, part of the no Agenda Stream uh, initiative. This is really nice. Uh, link in the in the show notes. No Agenda Radio, Joshua Frazier, who I think also donated to plug this we'll talk about that later in the donation part of the show a really nice app for the stream which also flies all of our cover art uh, one by one rotating as you're listening to the stream and some really cool stuff there uh, and it has i ads so if you tap on the ads uh, you're helping uh, the show out indirectly another domain being forwarded by bad ace in the chat room two to the head.com thank you appreciate that uh, i'm sure we'll get some great seo on that Tutorthehead.com is a great domain name. Yeah, who knew that that was going to be available, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, Silicon Spin, the happy and distractive slave, says, I've also uh, redirected opensourceradio.info to the stream. Uh, so we, uh, we appreciate all of that. So good job by everybody. That is fantastic. Special thanks to uh, our executive producers and the only two members of the 277 Club. The door is closed on that. You can only get in on the 278 Club. Uh, so forever, Sir Larry Roik and Mike DeBrock will be the only two members and, of course, also executive producers of Episode 277 of No Agenda. And uh, Dan Henderson and Kyle Miller, associate executive producers. Real credits, guys. You can put them on your IMDb, on your business cards, in your email signature. And unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we'll actually vouch for you if you need that. Everyone else out there needs to go out and do one very simple thing. Continue to help propagating the formula. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. your meds remember take your meds so we had a nice uh, little uh we had a dinner in san francisco yeah, you came up yep. and uh, we went out to dinner at uh, there's a three there's these three restaurants peruvian restaurants in san francisco called fresca and we went to the i think the original one which is up on uh fillmore yep. uh near dnm liquors for those of you know <laughs> that was kind of the neighborhood you know it's like i i think i got out of the car and said where are we it's a it's a good actually a really nice neighborhood. Yeah. And um we had uh you know, it was it wasn't I didn't think it was they it was all you know, people were crazy about this food, but it was good. I thought it was a decent meal. It was a little probably ten bucks more than we should have spent. Yeah. And, we spent a hundred, uh, it, it should have been eighty probably. But of course yeah, we we didn't we drink. We didn't drink like we normally do. 
Now we had a we had some cheap uh, Vino Verde, yeah, and we shouldn't have amounted to much at, at all. Yeah. And uh, that was that. I you know it was. I uh, like the food though. I like the. Uh, it was tasty. It was tasty food. We had the the pulled chicken. Actually, I yeah, thought the appetizers were better than the uh, than the entrees. We had uh, what do we have? We had like the there was the scallops. Scallop yeah, the scallop thing was nice. There was something else. What was the other thing? Um, another another seafood that. thingy, which I liked a lot. It was what? Another seafood thing, wasn't it? Was it? I don't think so. Uh, well, it was very memorable. It wasn't memorable, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I I felt and correct me if I'm wrong. I felt our conversation was kind of. Boring. Well, that's because you wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm like, here's I, our conversation. I, I, what, so then, what? Then what did he say? I got to save it for this show. <laughs> you say, tell me now. You can remember. I no, 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 no. I'm saving for the show. Okay. What about what else happened? I have to I save, it save it for the show. Well, the thing is, um, I got picked. So then I wrote these things down in this little book and lost the book. I told you you would lose it. I knew. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> I knew. It. I remember. I remember what we we're going to talk about. So I, two things. What were they? Well, the main thing was Al Jazeera. We wanted oh, right, to talk right. about Al Jazeera. Yeah, right, the thing right is, I, uh, I got a little different perspective on uh, on what's happening in the big sandbox in Egypt because uh, the guy who has been driving for me for the past two years when we were in San Francisco and whenever I uh, go to visit is Tony the Terrorist. And uh, Tony's Palestinian, but he's a, he's a translator for medical companies, but he's he also says like, oh, look, look, Adam, another chemtrail. So this is my kind of guy, right? And I say, Tony, what's going on there? Uh, what's happening in Egypt? He says, Ah, Adam, this is such bull crap. I'm like, Oh, really? The, he actually says, you know, that uh, Tunisia, he said, was absolutely real, real revolution. He says people were so fed up there, and it wasn't the the guy running the show; it was his wife was running everything. That guy apparently was just too obsessed with the hookers and blow. She was the one stealing all the money. And like, and we're, and we're talking like forty billion dollars. He says, um, but you have no idea how much money these uh, these rulers in the Middle East are socking oh, yeah. away. Well, I mean, look at how much, what's his name? We've got billions and billions of the, the terrorists, the die, Arafat. Exactly. I mean, this guy walked away with the billions. He wasn't even a ruler. He was just, a, he was an out-and-out scammer. So to, so just to give you some credits on uh, on Tony, he has a picture of him as a uh, a younger man. He's, he's probably now he's like 35 or something. Tony was like 20 or something, sitting on Arafat's lap, just to kind of give you the idea that he has some credibility with me. I'm like, okay, you're a real Palestinian. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And he says, uh, Egypt. He says, you know, what happened was that um, uh, Mubarak, remember, you've got to pronounce it properly if you want to sound credible, Mubarak, he tried to change the Constitution to allow his son to succeed him. And his own party are the ones that got all riled up and pissed off at him. It was a very small bit of the news where his entire cabinet left. That's what, that's what actually was the whole big problem is he, who, by the way, has 70, 70 $70 billion in the bank in the United Kingdom. He was trying to, you know, kind of pull a fast one, and his own party, because it is, a, it is a, a democracy there. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's a sham, but they do pretend to vote like we do. And um, and so so this is what started all of the, the rumblings and the noise. But what really happened is, and we, John, you and I know crap all about, 
about the Middle East. I mean, we'd have no idea. No one on CNN or Fox News or the BBC. No one knows if you're not, you know, an Arab you and living there. Foot boots on the ground. Yeah, you got to really be boots on the ground. You got no idea how that works. You don't know about the culture. He says the one thing that uh, Mubarak did is he raised the price of bread. He says this. He says Adam, believe me, you do not. You can do anything you want with Egyptian slaves. You do not raise price of bread. And that sparked off the young people. They were really angry. But he says, this is not a Twitter revolution. He said, Twitter's like television, like the telephone. Like, yeah, it just got kind of used as it. And then they brought in football hooligans, actual football hooligans into the square because they had more experience with throwing stones at the police. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that we don't really understand. <laughs> there are arms. Yeah, that we don't really get and don't really understand. But then Now the whole thing's a scam. And so I said, "How about Jordan then? Is Jordan next cuz I think this is a script." He says, "Ha ha ha. Please don't make me laugh. Nothing going to happen in Jordan." So why not? Because in Jordan, if you say one thing wrong, they kill you. It's <laughs> so like, "Okay." He said, "Police, they kill you immediately." Yeah, no. So it's on lockdown. Nothing's going to happen in Jordan because everyone's afraid. They kill you. They kill you. He said, "They kill you. Don't worry. You're just killed and gone." And I said, "How about Yemen?" He says, "Oh, this is great. Yemen is an awesome country." He says, "It's a vacation country for us." He said, "And the Yemen people are stupid." He says that the Belgians, no offense, says Sir Pelsmakers, they're the Bel- or the Danes, I guess you could say. No offense to our friends in Denmark, but he's just making uh, an observation. They're considered to be the stupidest state uh, in the sandbox because they let everyone come in. They go, hey, come on, yeah, hey, how you doing? Come on in. I said, really? He said, well, isn't that like crazy? Is Al-Qaeda everywhere? He says, this is, this is the, the safest place on earth, he says. There is no crime, no stealing, no nothing. I said, how does that work? He says, well, there are 12 million people in Yemen. But the population has almost 70 million guns. They're completely gun crazy. Everyone's got like four pieces, and they carry and everything. So there's no crime. Everyone's happy. There's absolutely, they're they're a complete example of how everyone having a gun is actually good. Yeah, like Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow, okay. Anyway, so we did go on to say, look, do you know how many people live in Egypt? I already asked you this question, so you know. But your your immediate answer was like eight million or twelve million or something like that, uh, and and that's what most I, I was people wrong. think. Yeah, most people think I don't know how many people are in Egypt, eighty million. So to have ten thousand people demonstrating, not such a big deal. Now I will say that uh, there is something going on in Egypt, um, and the slaves are uprising, and I think it is it is getting a little more out of control, more like a shoe throwing thing. So it, there isn't. A very organic thing happening, and it is the younger people, and it is beautiful. But here's the big mistake everyone's making, and this whole—it's a Facebook, Twitter revolution. Wow, I can't believe we're falling for this. I mean, I just can't—I can't—I can't, be, can't believe anyone is falling for this. It makes no sense at all, in my mind, to organize riots on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, what? So the police can like be there waiting for you? I mean, please, this—this this makes no sense. Well, let's play a couple of clips. Good. Uh, let's start with the Google guys, the hero. Yes, who, by the way, is now actually in negotiations. He is now part of the opposition. Now, here we go. Mm-hmm. Play. While Ghanim is the unlikely hero of Egypt's revolt, today in a CNN interview, he said it's too late for genuine negotiations with Mubarak. They decided to negotiate with us at night with uh, rubber bullets. Uh, with uh, police uh, police sticks, 
with uh, with you know water hoses um, with tear gas. Thanks. But he didn't say that he was ready to lead this movement, disappointing legions of young activists who at the moment are making it up as they go along online. People like Ahmed Abbas El Ridi, a stockbroker turned internet rebel, who discovered on Twitter today that protesters were moving beyond Tahrir Square. Now we will add uh, the place in front of the parliament as another safe uh, area for protests. So it's here on Twitter now. His proudest moment so far, victory after pitched battles with Egypt's riot police, all chronicled on Facebook. And he's got a trophy riot police shield to prove it. So I tried to so, I tried I actually tried to Google a little bit about this guy. What does he do in Egypt for Google? I can't oh, find Google, it. I can't find it either. Uh, but let's go back to this targeting parliament thing. So they, they, the guy says it's a safe place to go. So the reason they moved the demonstration, or at least a group of them, because it was safe, right? Right. So play this clip, uh, targeting parliament. This is the main gate of Egypt's parliament, covered with the protesters' signs. Inside, it's being guarded by just a few soldiers. Outside, it's being guarded by hundreds of protesters. This building is now blockaded. The protesters had turned their lightning blockade into a tent city siege. So this feels like a good tactical move. For the time being, yes, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not what's going to make it for us, but it's buying us time. A few minutes later, the army tried to move a fire truck in, but the protesters blocked it. And leader or no leader, the call went out online for reinforcements, who almost immediately began to arrive. Behind me, you can see Tahrir Square, and the protesters in front of Parliament are just in a little side street off to my left. I can see them from where I'm standing. They're still there, and the army is simply looking on. Katie? And Liz, why are they targeting Parliament, and are there any members inside the building? No, the building's empty. The legislators had to move to other quarters. Uh, they're targeting Parliament because they think it was elected in rigged elections and they want it dissolved. Hold on a second. So just a second ago, the guy said in the exact same report, the reason we're targeting Parliament because it's a safe place to target. So where does she make it up to know it's because of rigged elections? And why is Katie asking the question in the first place? Because she must have heard the earlier part of the report, or was she even listening? No, she was not listening. She was doing her hair. The place is empty. There's nobody inside. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was a safe place to get. The whole thing is bogus. And let me just say one thing, which I don't know if you picked it up, but this happened this morning. Uh, and, and Yeah, Mubar- Mubarak is going to step down. Is that the news Mubarak's now? Mubarak's going to step down this t- today. Right. And that comes from right from the CIA. Uh, now, whether it happens or not is another question. But it seems to me, I want to point this out to our listeners. And we've talked about it. We talk about it all the time. But it's, it's, I think we have to talk, keep talking about it. Since when did the CIA become like a spokesperson for anything? I mean, they're on Fox all the time, various ex-CIA, ex-CIA, and the CIA, former CIA analysts. And now Panetta's coming out and saying, well, he's going to, according to our information, he's going to step. When I was a kid, the CIA was actually a secret organization. Yeah, you, you didn't know anything about him. 
You didn't know anything of what they were doing. They weren't making announcements and sending out press releases and telling us this and that and coming out with their version of things and, and everyone you know nodding their heads you know religiously like, and Fox, oh, oh, that's interesting. Well, you should know. Uh, when did that change? You know, I mean, did it change in the when Ron Paul said the CIA took over the country and they did get? I, don't I, do- I, I think it changed. Uh, no, the change is obvious. It changed when uh, the Obama administration came in, started messing with their power structure, right? Because he put this whole level in between him, the, or the executive branch, and all, and he basically put him on equal level with uh, the FBI and all the, and put him under Lucy. Yeah, these no, are they're but, not under Lucy. They're under that the Laffer guy. Right. I'm sorry. Lucy's under the. She. They're on par with Lucy. It's even worse, actually. Yeah, that's pretty humiliating. And they have traditionally, throughout the ages, have run the show. They've been. They've had their own secret budgets. They're doing everything they want to do, taking care of business, running the show. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, we got a problem here because we're not running the show. And then they probably brought in Hill and Knowlton. Have you seen their website? They've, not, they've, oh, they've, not recently. No, no, you should look at it. They've, they've completely redone their website. Take a look. CIA.gov. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They've got a Flickr stream. They've got YouTube <laughs> clips. Uh, oh, yeah. And they've got all kinds of things for kids about how cool it is to join the CIA. <laughs> yeah, this is new. It's brand new. Hold on a second. I got it here. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding. CIA's revamped website has Flickr stream, new kids games, YouTube puppy cam videos. Kids page. Yeah, yeah. No, they got a puppy cam, which uh, runs around the CIA offices there in Langley and you know, they shows you all the cool stuff. And then they have like a, a, a history exhibit. A history exhibit that shows you know, all the cool spy stuff they've had. Look at this makeup compact. Yeah, we hit a transmitter in there. People, please, they're putting chips in people's heads. This is nothing. This is like a joke. Here, the CIA K-9 cam, the headquarters tour. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Here, the kids page. Have you seen the kids page? CIA.gov slash kids dash page. Welcome. We're glad you're here to learn more about the Central Intelligence Agency. And they've got little spies behind a vault with glasses on and stuff. This is crazy. Hold on a second. Let me. <laughs> I like the vault. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> and the spies coming in and out like it's like a Mad Magazine cartoon. It's no, it's spy versus spy. spy. Versus spy. It's totally spy versus spy. The CIA is an independent U.S. government agency. Notice how they they're positioning themselves. Yeah, product place, pro- product. That's actually uh, marketing, <laughs> branding. I'm telling you, they brought in Hill and Knowlton or someone. Came in to do something for him to, to, to take care of business. Let's see, games. What kind of games do we have here at the CIA website? Puzzles. World. Concentration camp. Coloring book. Break the code. Aerial analysis challenge. Photo. And this is like... Oh, yeah, by the way, any of you kids listening to the show, get this, do really well on this, and they'll be, knock- they'll be knocking at your door. Hey, kid, you know, we're looking for work? Yeah. Photo analysis challenge. Oh yeah, they're looking for. This is very important. Uh, part of spookness is uh, identifying networks, neural network. You know, where you look at something and say, "Ah, I, I, I see." Uh, if pattern you could, recognition. Pattern recognition. Thank you. So uh, yeah, so I, I think um, they traditionally oh, have run the show. Cool. This is a, this looks fun. 
<laughs> Yay! <laughs> See, the plane is missing. This is the remember the thing in the in the uh, <laughs> newspapers. What's what's the difference between picture A? It's and like picture no, it's B? like where in the world is Waldo? This a is, little bit of that, yeah. a little bit of Waldo. Yeah, yeah. what's the, find the ten differences in uh, in these two pictures? No, I'm telling you, this is they they need to recruit human resources. Because they've always run the show. I, I'm convinced of it. No, actually, I think considering lifetime, considering my background, I know it. This is how they think. Hey, you know, we run this show. Who does this guy think he is? Stop now. <coughs> Clandestine services. <laughs> put this on here. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they got how clandestine. Are you are when you have a page? <laughs> you know, CIA.gov offices of, clan, of CIA clandestine services index.htm. Who are we? Who we are? Internship program. Hey, hey let's get an internship. <laughs> internship in clandestine <laughs> services. It's hilarious. It's absolutely. This is brand new. This the is, National Clandestine Service, NCS, undergraduate internship program is designed to give a limited number of talented undergraduate students the opportunity to support the NCS mission. Nice. 90-day summer internship. John, you're getting a little too interested in that. I, I'm taking, thinking, taking a 90-day summer internship in <laughs> Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> Trip overseas included. Anyway, it's kind of wow. nice to see that The Economist is listening to our show as they have uh, done a uh, in the publication. Now, Economist, uh, we <coughs> have discussed that those guys are actually reasonable, although I think they're pretty compromised at this point. Uh, two years ago, they might have been reasonable. So they, uh, they've they done one of their index indices, an index of unrest in the Arab world. In this week's print edition, we ran a table showing a number of indicators for members of the Arab League. So this is basically what, you know, what, what countries are hosed. And it's called the Shoe Throwers Index. Yeah. Very nice, guys. Thank you. We appreciate it. That's, uh, that's exactly the way we'd like to see the formula propagated. And there actually was a man who uh, threw a shoe at uh, Musharraf. So uh, this is good. It's starting. It's slow. It's slow. But uh, I think uh, with the current Patriot Act, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, and you see some of these uh, shills coming in and out of, uh, of that vote, and undeniably... There's going, this secret, this emergency vote is going to take place and it's going to pass the Patriot Act extension. Throw your shoe at these bastards. Well, you can also try calling your representative and say, please don't vote for this, but uh, I think uh, I think you should throw your shoe. Yeah. Now, the revolution in Egypt has a color, John. It's now red. Oh, it's about time. It's about time we got a color. And just when you thought it couldn't get any funnier, Wyclef Jean shows up. And uh, he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's on board. Yo, what's up all my Facebook heads? It's your boy Wyclef Jean. I know it's been a minute. Uh, somehow I screwed up the recording. Damn. Just up in the studio. Nah, that's unlistenable. Sorry about that. You recorded off your max microphone. Yeah, something went double. Um, anyway, he's, uh, he's throwing down a, a video for his uh, Facebook heads and peeps in Egypt. Peeps. Yeah, his Facebook heads, as he calls them, in Egypt. That's right, my Facebook heads in Egypt. I'm here. Yeah, maybe I can uh, get it off of his Facebook page. I'm gonna listen to this for a second of Wyclef Jean. Wyclef Jean, come on, Wyclef Jean, save the Yo, day. What's up, all my Facebook heads? It's your boy Wyclef Jean. I know it's been a minute. 
I'm up in the studio getting everything cracking right now. Yeah. But I had to take time out. One time. To definitely salute the people of Egypt. He can't even point to Egypt on the map. <laughs> idiot. Fucking <laughs> idiot. I'm sure he you can't. Know? And right about now, I want everybody to look out. <laughs> I did an acoustic song for the people of Egypt. and they That's st- right. It's going to be on my new albums. Struggle. You know? Like, we ain't the only one that's struggling. You know, all those young... Little youth, youth that's over there in <laughs> Egypt fighting a good fight, you know. The guy's sitting there in his in his multi million dollar recording studio with his Adidas tracksuit on. Just got off of his jet. Yeah, it's like I, I'm sorry. Yeah, we ain't the only ones with a hard time here, man. I'm gonna do a song for you, little slaves, you little young youths, the youths there in Egypt. We want y'all to know that over here we with y'all, with y'all. So we want all your Facebook heads to know that Friday morning. 7 o'clock in the morning. Friday morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. That's really early for me, y'all, because normally I'm hanging out with my hoes. 7 o'clock in the morning is early. Drop that acoustic joint. I'm going to drop that acoustic joint. Now, do you think the, the kids in Egypt are like, drop what? Acoustic joint? He's dropping a joint? For all of my people in Egypt, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Say it again, bro. That'd be my time over here in New York. And then after that, if you missed it on Facebook, it's going <laughs> to be all over the internet anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, Once bro. again, yeah. I want the people in Egypt to know you're not fighting alone. We with you. All right, all right. Get this guy off. Give him the hook. The hook it is. What an idiot. But, you know, we, we already know he's a part of the CIA compromise system because he, he he, they tried to put him in Haiti. So what do you say? I think concert. Concert for Egypt. What do you oh, think? You know, it's a little soon, but I think you might as well. Might as well get rolling. Yep. Might get, as well. get it going. A concert for Egypt. Yep. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen after Bart quits this afternoon, but we'll find out, I'm sure, by well, so, the next so, show. So here's the topic we actually wanted to discuss, which is Al Jazeera. And, and this is rather troubling to me because uh, what happened is there's this meme propagating that if you want the real news, the real story, it's on Al Jazeera. They're online. They're streaming. You know, they're blacked out. You can't see him on the cable in America. It's Al Jazeera. Who do you think is funding Al Jazeera? Please. This is a, a, a Tony the terrorist had like a half hour diatribe on that. What it's did he say? British intelligence. Yeah. No, it's, we know that. Well, no, people believe it's actually like some magical, uh, well-funded organization that is telling the truth. Come on, every mainstream media outlet that has this kind of production value and power and boots on the ground, he's compromised. You people, have to be. Yeah, people think that this, this is the real deal. Yes, you can't do this kind of work anymore unless you're compromised. Well, except for our work. Well, yeah, but we're just doing analysis. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing any work. <laughs> we're not boots on the ground work. No, this, like, it is work, but it's not boots on the ground yeah. work where you're roaming around asking people on the street what they think. Yeah, you might get hit in the head. You know, That's you would get hit in the head nowadays. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. But you can get the same material. I mean, this is was proven by a number of uh, of journalists in the past. I mean, Seldis and and I F Stone. All they did was go through government documents and they, the, the the congressional record, and you can get most of the information you need. It's just this stuff never gets exploited by the mainstream media. And all we're essentially doing is picking up on the, the stories are there. 
Yeah. It's just a matter of finding them and then and then reconnecting the dots in the right way, which is all we do. There's an excellent book that I'm reading, which is an old book, and you've probably read it, John, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. I. That's an old book, yeah. It is an old book. In fact, the, the Pink Floyd uh, song was inspired by it. The guy who wrote it is dead. His son uh, does a nice little f- uh, forward there. This, uh, I think the book was written just before the Internet started to started to become come into reality but it's about um the 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 difference between the written word the uh the spoken word and then television and it's very very interesting um and i i'd like to put it on the no agenda book books.com list uh everyone should uh, have a read because it really goes it goes way back into socrates and plato well i know nothing about of course uh, but it is very eloquently explaining how <clears throat> television lies all the time. <laughs> and that, all they do. And the junk on television is good because it's okay to have junk. But when, when, they, when, when television actually takes itself seriously and is trying to bring some, a serious, truthful piece, it's inherently the medium is false. It just is. And you and I both know that. Yeah, we worked in it. Yeah. So uh, before we leave this topic completely, the Egypt one, I, you know that that clip we played of the guy who uh, you know collected the who moved who saw the Twitter and he was going to move to Parliament, right? Yeah. Uh, I took a little sub clip from that clip uh, where he, they're asking him where what's he going to do next, and they mm-hmm. said I'm going to go to par- we're going to move the demonstration to Parliament where it's safe. Right. Play this ETF, which should say WTF. What's the ding? There's a little ding. This is on a CBS report. There's a little ding in the background. That, yeah, no, then just and the timing is weird. Just play this. It's in front of the parliament. Hmm, let me listen again. Hold on a sec. Here we go. Hey, play. Hey, that's weird. It doesn't rewind. Hold on. He, he's like he's looking for a word because they say where are you going to go next? He says we're going to go to and then he, he's like blank. He's got a blank face and then a bell rings and he, the parliament comes to my to his head. That's very strange. Let's do it again. It's in front of the parliament. It was. It was <laughs> really <laughs> like in front of, uh, and then he got ding. Someone whacked him in the head. Uh, parliament. It's in front of the <laughs> parliament. parliament? Uh, I can't remember. Ding. Oh, parliament. <laughs> yeah, it's to help him remember what they told him yeah, to do. This was in this clip, and <laughs> I, kind of I heard it the first time, and I clipped it out, and I said. What is it? Where does this ding come from? Are you She's sure it's not his ringtone? <laughs> ding. It's like, I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm spacing out. In front out. of right. the... What the fucker? Uh, Parliament? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I just... It's That's, an anomaly. It's interesting. An anomaly. We find them. It's interesting. It, it could be something. So, uh, but anyway, I, I do want to say for... Um, uh, the human resources around Gitmo Nation. Well, wait, wait. Before you do that, we we didn't quite finish the Al Jazeera thing. Okay. I don't think. All right. Well, uh, the, and the I thing think we- is, it's, if anybody hasn't noticed, this is coming up. It's in fact, I ran into a web page the other day. How to get Al Jazeera on your Roku box? Right. And it shows you the convoluted way that you can somehow get Al Jazeera streamed to your Roku. And it's like everything, you're right, you, the meme is there. It's like, it's really interesting. And it's, it's just bogus. Well, no, and, and, and it's been propagated specifically so people think that that's the truth. And, yeah. it, and that is British intelligence. Interesting, Tony the terrorist said, you know, you notice that uh, 
that Britain is not, that Cameron's not coming out and saying anything. Everyone's really, really quiet over in England. It's like, yeah. He says, you know why? He's like, why? Because all the money is there. These guys got billions, tens of billions of dollars. Mubarak, $70 billion in, the, in, in Britain alone. And, it, it, and uh, the United Arab Emirates foreign minister visited Mubarak the other day, unreported, of course, or underreported. Yeah, no problem. The guy goes in, goes out. He basically went over there and said, hey, don't worry, man. We're, your money, because he got money there, too. Your money's safe with us. We're all good. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's we know we know nothing. But I there's two things that are happening with this. One, um, the propagation and that we think that, oh, Facebook and Twitter, this is the, these are the revolutionary tools. Bullcrap. The Internet is the tool of the revolution. I believe that. Facebook and Twitter. You know what? This is what Anonymous should be should be targeting. They should be bringing down Facebook and Twitter. These things are bad. I was watching a news report the other day. Every single sheriff and every single local police officer uh, office or station, they've all got Facebook. Why? Because, look, if you want to find Adam Curry, you just go into Facebook. You say, Adam Curry, my, I've been tagged in photos. So now they know what I look like. And, and I'm, I'm sure you know, if, they do, if Facebook doesn't offer facial recognition already to, I think it, it, they've announced that, right, where uh, Facebook will find all your friends and pictures and auto-tag them. So it's How in, convenient. Yeah, so it's in there. And then yeah, and all I have to do is look and say, okay, who's he friends with? Oh, oh, uh, Christina, that's his daughter. Where is she? You know, it's so simple. that The police love this stuff because we're such stupid slaves. We're actually giving them all the information. We're volunteering it's all like, the information yeah, and they our, need. And like, we're, so we're, oh, uh, hashtag Jan 25. Oh, okay, well, let's get ready for January 25. It's like, how stupid is this? If you, you know, what the real, uh, if, if you're organizing something, it's text messaging, it's phone calls, it's smoke signals, whatever it is. It's not Facebook and Twitter, but we're being fooled into thinking that this is the tool. And like somehow, oh, those old guys in the government, they don't check out Facebook. They'll never know we're doing this. Please. Yeah, despite the fact that, by the way, the largest growing group of Facebook it's users are over 70. Yeah, it's old people. So the, you know, the, if 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 anything should be hacked, it should be it shouldn't be PayPal and Mastercard and Visa. It should be Facebook and Twitter. That stuff's evil. That is the true evil. And and Google must be freaking out if this guy really works for Google. They're like, no oh, crap, he's promoting Facebook. This is no good. I have yeah, noticed. He should be reprimanded for that. Yeah, there's no Google execs coming out and saying our man's on the ground, boots on the ground. He's great. Now Google's like being real quiet about it. He may not even work for Google. I can't find it. Anyway, so um, but there, but but there, but the the human resources are are indeed very angry, and that's mainly because of the price of bread because they can't eat. They like yeah. their bread. They like their bread. They like the bread. And if you do that here, you know, if we, like, raise the price of the Big Mac, we'll revolt, too. Well, maybe. Yeah. So, uh, let's take our break. Really? Well, wow. look at the time. Well, yeah. What do you got? You got still something still related? Nah, I got some other good stuff, though. Oh, yeah, no, I do have, I do have, uh. Well, I also have a David Cameron clip. It's funny me. because what did I just drag in? I dragged in my David Cameron clip. Do you do you have the one from the Munich conference? Yeah. Wow. I have this. I have the same clip. Well, I, I, well. Let me wait. I, let I, me see. I, I edited mine down a little bit. Yeah. So we'll listen to yours. Yeah, you've got forty six seconds. Perfect. This is David Cameron who uh, is following. Can I just set it up and you tell me if I'm setting it up the right? Well, I'll just set it up and we'll see. 
he's following the same script that Lucy Napolitano is following. Except no. he's, he's doing it for all of Europe. No, this is different. Ooh. Well, what's this your clip? Is his, this is his attack on multiculturalism. Right. It, well, it leads into that. Under the doctrine of state multiculturalism, we've encouraged different cultures to live separate lives apart from each other and apart from the mainstream. We fail to provide a vision of society to which they feel they want to belong. We've even tolerated these segregated communities behaving in ways that run completely counter to our values. When a white person holds objectionable views, racist views for instance, we rightly condemn them. But when equally unacceptable views or practices come from someone who isn't white, we've been too cautious, frankly, even fearful, to stand up to them. Frankly, we need a lot less of the passive tolerance of recent years and a much more active, muscular liberalism. Nice. Muscular liberalism, I tell you. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. Not quite sure. Yeah, you interesting. Had something, you yeah. had something more aggressive? Well, I had him basically saying the same thing that uh, Lucy, Lucy is saying, saying. that uh, we now have homegrown terror in Europe and uh, and we've, you know, and and it and we've got and this is the second point about how the media is portraying what's happening in uh, in the Middle East. Uh, you know, people are getting radicalized. You know, we've got the Muslim Brotherhood. Everyone's going crazy. We're going to have more terrorists there. We need to stock up, get ready. We've got to, like, you know, scan the slaves. We've got to check everybody because it could be a terrorist. And third, we want to make sure that Britain is protected from the new and various threats that we face. New threats, John. New. 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 That is why we're investing in a national cyber security program. Yeah. National secu- Security! Deep packet scanning slaves! That I know William Hay talked about yesterday. And we are sharpening our readiness to act. We're sharpening. Oh, I love the language he uses. We're sharpening. On counter proliferation. He's good, that guy. Oh, he's, he's phenomenally good. But the biggest threat that we face comes from terrorist attacks, some of which are sadly carried out. By our own citizens. Yo! The, sla- Yo! the slaves are doing it themselves! It is important to stress that terrorism is not linked exclusively to any one religion or ethnic group. No, we'll get to that later. My country, the United Kingdom, still faces threats from dissident Republicans in Northern Ireland. Yeah, hello, Ireland. You're screwed. <laughs> little waving to you there. Anarchist attacks have occurred recently in Greece and... Listen to this. He's talking for all of Europe now, not just for the UK. Anarchist attacks. You mean people who were like had no jobs and were uh, and were upset that uh, <laughs> that the ba- that the elites and the government had stolen all their money and were giving it to Goldman Sachs? You mean that's anarchy? Therefore, terrorists in Italy, <laughs> and of course yourselves in Germany were long scarred by terrorism from the Red Army faction. Wow, he's really pulling out all the stops here. Rota Armee Fraktion. Nevertheless, we should acknowledge that this threat comes in Europe overwhelmingly from young men who follow a completely perverse, warped interpretation of Islam and who are prepared to blow themselves up and kill their fellow citizens. <laughs> Yay! Instead, it's very clear there should be napping for humanity. Nap for humanity. That would be the, two, the true tool against terror. Is a nap for humanity. Last week at Davos, 
I rang the alarm bell. I rang the bell, which we heard in Parliament Square. The urgent need for Europe to recover its economic dynamism. Wait a minute, he's ringing the bell. Hot pockets. There we go. And today, though the subject is complex, my message on security is equally stark. Here we go. We will not defeat terrorism simply by the action we take outside our borders. No. Europe needs to wake up wake to up. what is happening in our own countries. Yes. yes. Of course that means strengthening, as Angela has said, the security aspects of our response on tracing plots, on stopping them, on counter-surveillance and intelligence gathering. But this is just... Do you hear that? Counter-intelligence is... Counter-terrorism intelligence gathering. This is, this is, it's a total lockdown of Europe is what he's announcing here. Total lockdown. 30 more seconds. Part of the answer. We have got to get to the root of the problem. And we need to be absolutely clear on where the origins of these terrorist attacks lie. Right. And then he goes into the whole thing. It's uh... So this is basically, a, I think this is going on here too. This is a basically a shutdown of uh, free speech mm-hmm. so they can t- steal the money. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, ba- this is basically a shutdown of free speech so the uh, elites or whatever you want to call them, the people who are stealing the money can steal more money. Yeah. I mean, there's been <laughs> discussions about this, about the missing money from the banking system and all the other, where's, where's, where's this money going, where's that money? I mean, look at the billions that were lost in Iraq. There's like $3 billion missing or something, put it, put it out. There was $2.3 billion already missing before on September 10th, 2001. The yeah, next, the, the next, money is being stolen from the public. I mean, I, we got potholes out here on Highway 80. And look, at they're taxing us to death with ridiculous taxes. They're just stealing the money. And what are they doing with it? They're stealing it. What's interesting is your friend and mine, George Monbiot. Duh. The, well, very interesting. He wrote an article on his own website. So not for uh, the, the Guardian. The Guardian called a corporate coup d'etat and it is it, it is a no agenda piece john from beginning to end it is really really good and we don't like this guy no we I do don't like we do not like this guy stooge for the left but he 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 essentially comes right out and says they're stealing the money they are stealing our money and you know so uh, finally the slaves in Gitmo Nation East have figured out that the city of London actually is its own sovereign entity. See, people don't really realize this. It's called the city of London. It has gates like a moat. It has its own mayor. It has its own tax code. And this is right, where all... It's a, right, it's in London. It's a sovereign nation with... But it, it's a with, little bitty part of London. Yeah. And it's called the city. And, and they it, wear different uh, bobby uniforms. It's, it, they have their own police force. Yeah. And uh and it's and that's where all the money is. It's where every everything's going on. And he wrote a very very good piece, I would say, and he's uh he basically says, "Hey, you know, they're just stealing from us." Well, duh. You've been part of propagating that meme, by the way, George. Good job. All right. Now let's uh, thank some people who uh enable us to not work uh, a regular job so we can do all this research and work and collection because it's and not- enlighten the public yeah and how you feeling <laughs> how you feel, feel how better you, feel? Now you know you're being robbed feel good now 
<laughs> Again, I, and this show is not intended to bum you out. It's only intended to help you understand what you are not being told or what you are being told. And I think we do a reasonable job. People seem well, to at least appreciate you can get it. Get to have a sense of humor about it. Well, if we can't, oh, oh look at this! They stole my money. Look, oh, look at this! <laughs> look at this hundred dollar parking fine I just got in San Francisco. Oh, Hilarious. I, lo- oh I lost my I lost my ticket on the metro. That's a hundred eighty nine dollars. What for a for a two dollar ticket? Yeah, it's it's real theft. Oh, uh, this is oh, here's my last penny. That's the last one I have. Joshua Frazier, he sent you a note from Selena, Kansas, gave us $111.11. Yeah, hold on a second. Let me open up my donations here. Joshua, this is uh, the guy who did uh, uh, the No Agenda radio app. Uh, Please give me a de-douching now that I have uh, donated after listening for over two years. Oops. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean that. (laughs) You did that again. No, I'll I'll give him a de-douche, and I'll give him a double shot now to make up for it. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. So that is, uh, this donation goes towards a damehood for my wife, Amanda. I can't seem to get her to listen to the show, but I bug her constantly with the excellent knowledge I get from No Agenda. Uh, and I think he makes a fundamental mistake here. He says, this will also be part of her Valentine's gift. I'm sure she will be thrilled. Uh, I doubt it. Dude. You did what? <laughs> dude, I don't know if that's a good idea. I think dinner would be would have been more appropriate. Much better idea. But yes. we uh, we appreciate it. You sent them what? <laughs> what? $111? Happy, uh, well, happy Valentine's Day, Amanda. I know that Joshua, for him to do this, he really, really loves you. That's for sure. Also, I've made an iPhone app for the No Agenda stream called No Agenda Radio. It lets you listen to the show, also tells you what is playing on the stream. The next update will include push notifications when the show is live. It has an iAd in it, so all the douchebags that don't donate can download it and click on the ad, and the money will go to the show. So douchebags, download the app and click ads. The app is free. Nice. We appreciate it, uh, Josh. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, Per Ola Gustafsson. Carola yeah, Gustafson Gustafson in ta- oh, why don't you just shoot me Tanumanshid <laughs> by your command Sweden it's my 30th birthday on the 9th of February and obviously obliged to do a donation uh, $111.11 after my last donation I won back about the same amount on a lottery so it was a, it was a wash it was this a wash I hope for some cloud karma since Google closed my account. Oh, Last yes. Week. Why? Uh, yeah. Why did they close your why account? They, That's what, ridiculous. Yeah, well, here's some this cloud, is what the cloud This is why the cloud sucks. Yep. You've got karma. Yep. Last week, the douchebags charged me $5 for the storage on my account that they closed several months ago. What account is this? I don't know. What kind of account do they charge? Isn't everything free? Well, maybe not in Sweden. Hmm. Well, don't, no don't pay it. Don't pay it, whatever you do. Well, send us some more details. Yeah, let's, uh, we want to find out what's going on there, Perola Gustafsson. Uh, Thomas Nussbaum, Sir Thomas, as a matter of fact, in Virginia Beach, another $111.11, number two of 10 for the N.A. Nicole. Nicole, so I, I subscribe per uh, Adam's instructions. I was born in 65 and going to be 46. So in other words, he did the calculation. It came up with 111, which you'll explain after we're done. <clears throat> and so he felt obliged to give us $111.11. Robert, Robert Witcher, or Wiltshire, I'm sorry, 
Tampa, Florida. Birth year is 87. I'll be 24. So here's the lucky $111 location. Unbelievable when that happens. I love it when that when that takes place. So what you do is you take uh, the year you were born. In my case, there was 64. You add to it the age you will be this year. I'm going to be 47. If it equals 111, you should donate. Or maybe join up with the $11.11 a month program. Which is good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, new donor, Michelle Jackson, $100, Calgary, Alberta. I believe she sent me a note, but I can't find it. So oh, thank Michelle. you, Michelle. Well, it's nice to see another woman on board. Yeah, it's number seven. Robert Majors in Lake Forest Park, Washington. Cheers to Adam and Mickey for laying down the butts. <laughs> and le- Oh, um, that's right, cigarettes. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Meant. yeah. And for luckily giving momentum for my very good buddy, Entertainment mogul and no agenda contributor Marty for doing the same. Okay, you know, uh, at the office, everyone said, "Wow, you look really healthy." And I think so it has said to do- that. Yeah, because you know, people haven't seen me for a couple months. I, I yeah, think well, ha- you always look kind of washed out if when you were smoking too. Much. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what it is. It looked really good, and we had Chris- sex last night. It was amazing. I think it's better. Sex without smokes is better. I'm just more dynamic that way. I I don't have low T. Too much, Chris, in, too much info for you, John? I'm not really interested in this. Mm. Chris Geelan, 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 I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but Geelan, Geelan. Gesundheit. Uh, $77 from him because he says, John and Adam, uh, the ringtone I got from the last episode was even more amusing than I anticipated. John's pronunciation, or he might as well use the word butchering, of the <laughs> Dutch language is hilarious. <laughs> So I had to donate again. You really made my day. Uh, read it. Read it. Gild Groten. No. Geile Groten at Brussel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the contribution counts toward my knighthood and I hope to uh, also to a dukedom Ooh. in uh, Stephen Pelsmacher's barony. Wow. You know, we're, you know what? Uh, uh, Belgium has not had a government for 242 days, I think. Yeah. And uh, turn it over to Pell's markers. Yeah, exactly. It. We're going to run the show. We're going to have uh, barons, earls, dukes, knights. They're not going to yeah. need the government. We'll take Probably care a lot of everything. Better than what they got? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Pell's markers could run the show. I'm sure he could. Schnorrestein. Schnorrestein. Schnorrestein in uh, <laughs> Norway. Yeah, he's at North Pole. Actually, he's the, North the Pole northern the North northernmost uh, located listener. There. Yeah. I'm still puzzled by Hussein Obama's first executive order. Uh, <laughs> what was the most pressing issue working my way towards knighthood within the month? What was it? $60.66. What was the first executive order? I'm not sure. I There's a bunch of weird ones. He's don't got in remember. The over. No. I can look while you're doing that. If William you're... McAllister looks like a new donor. Uh, Glasgow uh, in the UK, a first-time donor. Yes, he is. I, can I have some karma for my friend Barney? You've got karma. There you go. I uh, just got a rough spell. Apparently, he needs correcting. Dean Morin uh, or Moran? Morin, I think. Morin, I think. Yeah. Uh, Crown Point, Indiana, sixty-six dollars. Dwayne in Hemet, California. Uh, it's what was left in his PayPal account. Apparently, he's been sitting there for years. By the way, anyone has leftover money in their PayPal account, do us a favor and flush it. Close, close the account and send us the uh, flush it. Donation. It's symbolic. Joe the Dish Slave in Stockton. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Double nickels from Joe the Dish Slave. It's for his birthday on Friday. Yeah, we got him on the list. I'll be turning, no joke, 33. Yay, magic number. 
Yeah. I'm an NK or I'm an MK Ultra conditioned trigger for the earthquake <laughs> machine that will trigger the Gulf of Aden Stargate. <laughs> Please mention uh, my podcast, The Ozone Nightmare. For some karma, you need some karma. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll trigger that uh, Gulf of Aden Stargate. You've got karma. <laughs> got me with that one that was good we got uh, female number eight samantha nice. samantha costa in stockton california double nickels on the dime hi john and adam wanted to say happy birthday to my husband joe the ah this is sweet this hey, is what sweet. we got going here this Whatever is happened? sweet Remember that couple that was breaking up and yeah <laughs> the ones that were kept donating to for each yeah, other they kept and donating <laughs> to one up each other and then we stopped hearing from them yeah it's all over that double murder yeah uh <laughs> yeah, we yeah, that's very sweet, and we will uh, we will be saying happy birthday in a moment to him. That's very nice of you, Samantha. That's that's true love. You make your man wash the dishes. You know he's listening to No Agenda while the kids are watching E Entertainment. Uh, but you you appreciate what he's doing, and uh, and we really love that. Thank we're you. We're finally getting more women. We got female number nine, Holy Natasha moly. White. It must be how I look with not smoking. In Brixton. Oh, uh, Brixton. This is Brixton. It's, it's almost the slums. It's the hip slums now. It's the hip slums has been it's been gentrified. Mm-hmm. I would really be pleased if you could uh, wish a very happy birthday to my boyfriend Richard Hepton in Robertsbridge, who is thirty two on the twenty second. That's yeah. some ways off, but we'll wish him a happy yeah, birthday. He's a, he's so we list. don't forget. No problem. And um, thank you very much, Natasha X. She uh, and and anyone named Natasha must be gorgeous. Mm. Natasha. Or a Russian spy. Yes. Skyler Visconti in Bakersfield, California. Double nickels on the dime. Well, he, this is Skyler who's been donating every single show for like the past four or five shows. He doesn't yeah. stop. He, and he wants karma for us again, which I'll <laughs> gladly re- take and receive. You've got karma. And Thank then we you. got Thank one, you, two, then we have a few $50 donors. Andrew Saw- Sawyer in Vancouver, B.C. Beautiful city, by the way, if you haven't visited it. Craig Jones, Danville, Pennsylvania. Uh, he wants to us to mention the LGBTAQ.com. <laughs> no way. L- which is uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual. Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. <laughs> which has been redirected to our site. I didn't know that. That's awesome. LGBTAQ.com. We are the lesbian, gay, bi-curious, transgendered Al-Qaeda. Everybody in the morning to you. How you doing? We got David some hot Middlebrook. Pockets. Uh, in Ellen Aberdeenshire. 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 Uh, Lisa Lang, Fitzroy. Hey, North- another woman. Yeah, we're up to 10. Damn. Uh, Fitzroy, number, uh, Fitzroy uh, North Victoria, Australia. And then, of course, Tristan uh, Wilson. Oh, there's a different Tristan, it looks like, in Padbury, Western Australia. Uh, Tristan Wilson Carrigan. And I understand the Australians jumping on board ever since... Uh- I spoke about maybe New Zealand being the place to move to, and uh, you slammed New Zealand, and I got a lot of email. Everybody, it's john at Dvorak.org. Don't send email to me what? about what he's I saying. I didn't slam New Zealand. I love the place. No. I need a trip there is what I need. S8 I says, I can't believe Dvorak dissed New Zealand so much today. Doesn't he know we have great dirt cheap wine here? If I ever see his face around, he's getting a shoe thrown at it. There you go. <laughs> more shoe throwing at john c dvorak uh so we really appreciate all of this uh uh, giving and love and support for the program uh we have decided we just don't take any any commercial money we couldn't do the show if we did 
for those of you who are new and don't quite understand what's going on here. I want to send uh, one last little thing out here, which floated around in the in this thing, which is a uh, Valentine's call out uh, from saying "I love you, Polly" from John. So, oh, are you clipping your nails again? No, this is a this is a pen. Oh, okay. It sounds and, like- and I grab and I I have this nervous habit of grabbing the the little you know the clip. Yeah. And I pull oh, it and out clicking and it right. I right. pop it, but yeah. it's not that this is clicking the pen. Oh. This is popping the clip, and so I'll break almost every clip I've got in the. Really? Here. Is that yes? Yeah, oh. they bust off if you keep doing this. Wow, you know those are collectors' items. <laughs> what the busted clip? Yeah, the busted clip. It's a John. Oh, I have a John C. Dvorak busted clip. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, did not receive our mailing, which we sent out. Uh, where there were pictures of the night rings, which are now uh, forthcoming. Eric uh, the Shill is working on those, and uh, they're beautiful, by the way. They're absolutely stunning. Anyone who was a knight will receive one, and it's uh, it's included with your donation. Uh, if you did not receive the email, you can sign up. Uh, at, uh, there's always a sign up form at the bottom of uh, of the show notes and the postings at curry.com, dvorak.org. Uh, if you think you've signed up, but you didn't receive it. Check your spam box because. Uh, We've had some issues. Uh, yeah, and tell me, uh, and send me a note, johnatdvorak.org, about the where, why it ended up in the spam box, because I'm trying to correct whatever error I'm making, because I've run the spam, I've run it through MailChimp, and they look at it and say, I don't know, this looks fine to us. There's something about that chimp on MailChimp that's irritating. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's like, you know, hey, they stupid monkey. Cute yeah, it, stupid you know? monkey. Just the make sure my mail you, yeah, right? make sure my mail doesn't go into spam. So everybody, remember this. Dvorak.org slash NA. It grows on you that one. I really like what Jeff Smith did. Someone sent me an email and said, I've been singing this short little song all day. I can't get it out of my head. Guess what it is? Dvorak.org slash NA. That is the address you need to go to. If you'd like to support the program, channeldvorak.com slash NA also works. And, of course, noagendashow.com, um, where uh, there's a link to the donation page. It's your birthday, birthday, on No Agenda. Happy birthday to Per Ola Gustafsson Gustafsson, who turns uh, 30, who turned 30 yesterday on the 9th of February. Mike DeBrock celebrates his birthday, and we appreciate his support of the show today. Joe the Diff Slave, 33 on February 11th, and of course he also gets love and hugs and kisses from Samantha Costa, Miss Dish Slave, which is a beautiful thing to see. And Natasha White uh, wants to wish her boyfriend Richard Hepton a very happy birthday. He turns 32 on the 22nd. Thank you everybody for your donations, and uh, happy birthday from your friends here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah! Did you get everybody in that? I think so. You got... I got everyone, including Mike DeBrock, who wasn't on the list. And you got a Parola? I didn't remember that one. Yeah, yeah, Par. I got Par. I wasn't paying attention. No, apparently. you weren't. You were busting your clip. Uh, no, I was going through my list of things. <laughs> I wanted to do a couple of reminders for some people. You were busting the clip, man. This is busting the clip. Did we get uh, uh, I, wait, before, Let me just make an announcement. Please. One, uh, for the, we have a lot of artists, and many of them are extremely talented, and, and some of them are very creative, and, and many of them are commercially, you know, the big shot commercial artists that do our covers. And I want to just remind them out there, if they're listening this far, do not put the show numbers on the artwork. Oh, good point. Because we get a lot of artwork that we want to, you know, sometimes it'll get passed over one week, and then the next week we don't like the art, and we'll pull one it turns out that something from a week or so earlier is better for today's show and we'll pull it as an evergreen but or, it has a show crash. number on it 
And it has somebody put a show number on it. And so that's, oh, well, now I'd have to go in and edit out the number and it's, you know, find something else instead. Um, don't do that. And uh, also, uh, for those of you out there, go look at uh, noagendaartgenerator.info. This is where everyone puts the art up, and it's just, it's stunningly beautiful. I mean, sometimes we have five, six different pieces to choose from, and it's just so beautiful. And you can use that, by the way. You can make stickers out of it. You can post it around, put it on your, your blog, your Facebook, link to it from Twitter. <laughs> make sure the LGBTAQ sees it. So I just wanted to, um, this was some great thinking. I'm seeing more and more uh, as our audience uh, starts to grow, although we still are kind of at the 1% level of people in the audience donating, uh, people are thinking in the no agenda manner. And it's taken us three years to start receiving this. I'm seeing this happen more and more often. I love it. Yeah, it it really, it brings a smile to my face. because Every once in a while, you get somebody who sends you an analysis that you would have done if you had the same information. And it's all no agenda thinking. It's like like A, B, C, and D, three discrepant pieces of information that are hooked together in some logical way that makes nothing but sense. So a couple of our human resources said, hey, there's something showing up today in the news, which is a throwback to an article uh, from January 12th. So when it comes to vaccines, uh, I'd just like to uh, reassert for you that all of the pharmaceutical companies uh, predicted that vaccines were going to be where they get their, their growth from in the coming years. Now, they started saying this in 2008. We looked at all the annual reports. You can go back. You can take a look at it. And there's a number of reasons for it. One is it's a lot more cost-effective to tell people to take something before they're sick. I mean, isn't that wonderful? Hey, you're not sick yet. Hey, have some medicine. And then when you're sick from that medicine, we'll give you some more medicine. Um, The testing is nowhere near as rigorous, if at all, uh, when it comes to vaccines. Uh, Case in point, Finland. Uh, Now this is showing up in Gitmo Nation lowlands, other countries. The World Health Organization actually confirming now there are concerns with the H1N1 swine flu vaccine uh, being linked to narcolepsy with kids. Oh, yeah. Well, we should have checked that. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I don't 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 even get me started on rushed out. It was rushed out, out, not tested. Everybody about this phony baloney flu that never really happened. And then, then at the end of the day, go, oh, well, we got lucky. We missed a dodge the bullet. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, your kid now falls asleep every 10 seconds. Ah, tough shit, slave. For the rest of his life, yeah. probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, there's no cure for narcolepsy. Good work on uh, people who paid no attention to the, uh, the logic of not getting that shot. So, of course, the way the news works is you have to have a PR agency. Hill and Knowlton would be a good one. And, uh, or a study. A study is always good, and that becomes a news article, and that's how you start it all up. So the script for vaccines, uh, uh, here's how it worked with swine flu. Oh, my gosh, swine flu. Woo! Danger, danger, danger. Get some doctors and lab coats talking about it. Then, oh, there's a shortage. Oh, there's a shortage of swine flu. Everybody get your shot. Remember that, John? People were lined up. Oh, you better get my shot now because there's a shortage. We don't ha- Oh, we don't have enough. We don't have enough eggs to create them. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. And then you get the shot and then nothing happens except, oh, you fall asleep. Oh, well, at least you don't have swine flu. So January 12th, uh, New York Times. Uh, a study published on Tuesday in the Journal of American Medical Association, which is not the Journal of American Medicine, uh, reported the... Hello, darling, how'd it go? Yeah, does it go good? Go well? 
Yeah? You happy? Ah, got him. They didn't say much? Okay. All right. Have some heroin. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, the oh, so a study, the rate of shingles. Oh, uh, here it comes. Was 55 percent lower uh, of the 75,761 people age 60 or older who received the vaccine compared to those who did not. However. The problem is, as the headline on this article says, few takers for the shingles vaccine. Not enough people taking the shingles vaccine. Not enough people taking the shingles vaccine. Front page USA Today, as we fast forward to yesterday, new shingles vaccine in short supply. (laughs) Wait a minute. Where's the logic in this? Nobody's using it, but somehow it's in short supply now. How yeah. does that work? Well, tell me, explain that to me. Well, it's well. Uh, the backstory, of course, is simple. No, not enough people taking it. Although you should. Hmm. Okay. What do we do? Let's uh, create create some demand by saying there's short supply. And then Janice Lloyd of USA Today, less than a month after the federal centers for disease control and prevention that's your cdc who who gave your children narcolepsy recommended most americans over 60 get vaccinated to prevent shingles the vaccine is in short supply oh no john uh well you're not 60 yet but you might as well go ahead and get it man you're 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 close to it you you got to get the one time vaccine you better get it too because there may be none (laughs) left by the time you get that so it's just unbelievable now of course we also have a flu breakthrough a flu breakthrough i tell you um as uh there will be a vaccine that will kill all flu yeah well actually this has been something they have been working on i know for a fact for the last 10 years and uh, it's an interesting one that I think is an I think it's a problematic uh, product. They're either going to find something wrong with it. You can't have. Do you shot. think? <laughs> you think? Because this shot, which which apparently what somebody discovered, and this was some time back, is that there were there was a common mechanism uh, in all flus uh, because they're all variations of the same. You know, H the H stands for something and the N stands for something. You just get these combination of of ingredients that keep making up these different uh, seasonal flus. And they somebody came up with some way of saying, well, what's similar about all these things? When, can we attack that? You fall asleep you after you get the vaccine. That's that's the only similarity. And so there's some. There was like some one little thing. If they could break this one bond somehow, they then all flu would be. You could kill. You know, basically defend against all flus. And and I as soon as they came up with this concept, I said, well, why would they do that? Because the the idea. Is that every year you get to sell the same vaccine over and you know over and over again with a slight variation, and it's a huge cash cow. Yeah, You're not it's cheaper. Have some universal thing like a polio vaccine. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I think they're doing. So they'll it. find something wrong with this. It doesn't work. It makes yeah. you sick. You know, the one company, the company will go bankrupt. There'll be you know something weird will happen. Yeah. Uh, but they, 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 I know for a fact it's, a, it's probably legit if they ever get it to market, which they won't. Right, and that closes off our... It's the no agenda, minute. I can go straight into another jingle, John. Uh, hit it. Oh, here we go. All aboard, trains good, planes bad. So, very interesting. Ray LaHood. Oh, I got the clip. Uh, okay. 
And well, uh, no, but it's not about trains. Well, I guess it is. It's about Toyota, right? No. Oh, you're not going to talk about Toyota? No, you're going to talk about Toyota after I'm done with the <laughs> okay, trains. Go. So uh, Ray LaHood, who was a gangster because he's from the hood, and uh, Joe, Joe Amtrak Biden, uh, they announced oh, the president's yeah. I plan. Was, you know, I was going to clip this, some of this stuff, but I just it was just so much of an eye roller, I couldn't handle it. Well, it's not so much the clip as uh, someone who uh, boots on the ground who uh, who actually wrote about this, which uh, did not show up in any of the news media reports, of course. So uh, the president is rolling out uh, $53 billion, I tell you, with a B, billion dollars to uh, for high-speed rail, everybody. Let's listen to Joe for a second here about uh, why we need this. You know, the next 40 years, 40 years, the United States is expected to increase its population by 100 million people. Did you know that? In the next 40 years, we'll have 100 million additional slaves in this country? Did you know it's that? Possible. I, no, I don't. But no. oh, the, 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 it would, It's possible. Joe says so. So I, I, it's obvious we've got to put those slaves on the trains. I mean, that's pretty clear. In the next 40 years. Yeah. 40 years. 100 million people. 100. By the way, 70% of all the people in America are slaves. Live within 50 miles of the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. So let's not put them in middle, middle, middle America, by the way. You're screwed. You ain't getting no train, apparently. 70%. And you know how congested we are now as a nation. What really? happens to the 100 million more, a significant <laughs> portion of them being along our coast? So we're going to need that infrastructure. It's going to be able to accommodate more people and more goods than ever before. Folks, Folks. we've risen to these challenges <laughs> before. America's led the world in building, in innovating, in transportation, in infrastructure. And porn. For the last 200 years. That's been the story, the history of the journey of the commerce of this country. Uh-huh. In 1830... <laughs> when apparently Joe was still hanging out. The first steam engine locomotive, the Tom Thumb, ran along a rickety 13-mile trek from Baltimore to Ellicott Mills in Maryland. But it marked the beginning of a new journey, heading straight into a better, more imaginative future that built the industrial might of America. All right. So uh, he goes on and on and on and on, and uh, there's no C-SPAN of it. Um, the C-SPAN apparently, you know, couldn't be bothered. Of course, he says he took the train himself 7,800 times, right. which should be 20 years of train riding every single day, which seems really unlikely to me. Go ahead. Now, uh, a blog post by uh, Colby Ik- uh, Itkowitz from. Uh, what is this, uh, themorningcall.com, was there and asked a question. Uh, after Biden's speech, uh, Colby said, uh, hey, how are we going to pay for this $53 billion of uh, infrastructure? His answer, I'll read directly from the blog post. Maybe this is more interesting. Grabbing Biden for a moment after his speech, I asked him how to pay for all this. The same way you fund the highways, he said quickly before moving on. Wow, is what I say. That is fuel taxes. So I guess the way we shove the the human resources into the trains is by raising taxes on fuel. Or taxes on some other uh, resource. No one's going to take the train anyway. You know, there's only two high-speed rails in the world... That, that actually turn a profit of all of them. There's like dozens and dozens. 
they're all the money losers, huge money losers. And the worst part about putting the high-speed rail in and then putting passenger service on it is the maintenance. It's yeah. just it's more than it you know costs to build the thing out. And it's all subsidized. So which, like are, a, which are the two that... Uh... I don't know. I think the one from Paris to Lyon might be one of them, and there's another one perhaps somewhere in the world. Uh, the Japanese ones all lose money. It's probably the Paris to Lyon and maybe Paris to someplace else like Bordeaux. I'm sure it's the French. Mm. What was your uh, Joe clip? Well, the, my Joe clip was it wasn't Joe. It was uh, Ray LaHood, <clears throat> which is I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, first of all, the Ray LaHood and everybody now gave Toyota a clean bill of health. And now I want you to play the NASA report on Toyota. And there, there's a little tidbit in here, which I think you'll be highly amused by. And, of course, then they have the conclusion. I want to comment on it. We have set the standard for thoroughness, and we are appreciative. So with that, Mike... Please present NASA's information. Uh, thank you, Mr. Secretary, and thank you for the opportunity to discuss our work to such a broad audience today. As the Secretary said, I'm a principal engineer in the NASA Engineering and Safety Center. I work out of Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia, about four hours southeast of here. Principal engineers are multidiscipline engineers and provide the project management for multidiscipline tasks in our organization. I'd like to start the presentation with a summary of our outcome. And the bottom line is that NASA analysis and testing did not find evidence that malfunctions in the electronic throttle control caused large unintended accelerations as described by consumer reports. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. of course, we, we called this early on, and this is what a bunch of bull crap this was going to be. Uh, I haven't tracked down exactly what the Japanese did to uh, f- so they could finalize this report. They probably bought more of our treasury bills. Yeah, they must have done something nice to us. Yeah, they did something nice. And uh, the, uh, the, But the, for one thing, well, I didn't know NASA had an operation in Langley, which I guess is just for convenience. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then of course I didn't know they did all this work, which was seems like something any college student could have done. They, you know, finally discovered it was the mats, yeah, uh, that caused the problem on a few <laughs> of these cars. Now, what I thought was interesting is, in, in hindsight, what, and what's overlooked with all the reports, well, Toyota's got a clean bill of health. They were, you know, after all the fines, they were fined, and all these other things went on. Uh, is that if you remember during this era where the runaway Prius is flying down the road, unstoppable. Yeah, remember we had the guy who called in like half an hour. He was on the phone like, I'm doing 190. I can't stop. (laughs) I I don't know that anybody's pointed out the fact that first they had all these episodes and people killed. And then they, they, they made a big stink about it. And then from that point, which is about, what, a year and a half ago? year ago when was this it was a while back yeah so today there was not one more lone wolf episode at all there wasn't one example i mean they hadn't really changed anything there was nothing to change because it was it was the mats that were causing the problem there was nothing changed (laughs) so meanwhile there was not one more wreck or accident or out of control car does this seem a little weird to you So you have a bunch of here. Let's go over the timeline. Yeah, you got a bunch of weird cars going out of control, and Consumer Reports says, "Oh, it's the electrical system is well, causing no, no, these no, problems." No, 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 no. If we go back over the timeline, uh, Japan said, "We're not going to buy your treasuries anymore." We had we documented that. They said, "We're not yes, buying your we debt. Did. We're not. We're not. We're not on board with the program. Screw you." And then all of a sudden, oh, your cars suck. That's what happened. 
Yes, but in the process, there was a bunch of accidents and people going out of control, and yeah, it was carried dying. by the news. All these bad things were happening, and then everyone was all upset about it. And since there was nothing that was wrong with the car, basically, what made all these problems that were happening left and right stop happening out of the blue for the entire period until this Rayla Hood comes out and says, ah, there was no problem? Well, you want my analysis? You want my answer? They stopped killing people. It's like they got what they wanted. Uh, um, uh, Google Japan treasuries. Let's, oh, jeez. Do I have to do everything? Yeah. Ah, Japan. Just ask Adam. You should, you should play the table. <laughs> Japan treasuries. Oh, wait a minute. Safari doesn't like it when I do it there. Uh, Japan treasury. I guarantee you that they're buying it again. Uh, major foreign holders of U.S. treasuries. News for Japan. Uh, rise on treasuries. Treasury for monthly gain. I guess I got to go past week or past 24 hours it probably was about a week ago i'm yeah, guessing they're, they're probably buying again well we'll look it up and rebound but I just on think the whole thing i mean it's like why doesn't the, anybody pick up on the fact that there were all these accidents and they stopped completely for no good reason anyway okay story now let's go to another story we'll we can drop that well can i just do another car story then while we're on it yeah you got a car story yeah remember the uh, lobbyist ashley turton who uh her car blew up or caught fire in her garage and she couldn't get out. This was a two-to-the-head story that didn't get a lot of play. There was a lot going on. It happened around the same time. Uh, another guy we don't talk about, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, Bush, uh, the Bush guy, got whacked in the, and thrown in the dumpster. So she, oh, right, so right. She, so that, she, the guy that was wandering around right. stone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she was a, uh, an oil lobbyist, and I guess she was in the wrong deal or something. And so this was in Washington. And her uh, her SUV uh, caught fire, and she burned to death in the car in her garage. So an ongoing <laughs> investigation, had, they, they figured it out. Yeah, really, it's like okay, guys, could you be you know like a little more like subtle about killing people when you do it? Uh, her 2008 BMW X5. Oh, uh, here's what happened: because of the lights, the high intensity headlights. Uh, she didn't see the end of the garage when she was rolling in. It punctured the radiator, and because of the puncture in the radiator, uh, the car caught fire and she burned to death and died. What punctured the radiator? Like uh, a bike or something. Did she have end. a spear at the end of the driveway? <laughs> it's, but literally they're saying, investigators analyzing the death of lobbyist Ashley Turton believe the high-intensity headlights of her sport utility vehicle may be responsible for the fatal fire that engulfed her Capitol Hill garage. Unbelievable. How, how do they even come up with this? The halogen headlights, which emit a bluish light and illuminate the road better than conventional headlights, stayed on after the radiator was punctured. So she didn't see it, you see? It's like she hit something so hard her radiator got punctured. you got to hit something pretty hard. And then, and then she just stayed in the car yeah. for no good reason. Yeah. She couldn't and, open the door. Yeah, exactly. The working theory being investigated by D.C. police. And, and the door of the garage closed in the meantime? I mean, she pushed the button. I mean, this whole thing is <laughs> No, no, it's better. It gets better. Um... Investigated by D.C. police and fire investigators and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, the heat from the headlights in proximity to the radiator's antifreeze... <laughs> antifreeze is not flammable. Antifreeze is flammable, it says, although it only catches fire at 240 degrees Fahrenheit, which, of course, these halogen lights apparently get hot enough to... to, to this is like 9-11 here. No, the steel melts from jet fuel. Antifreeze ignites from halogen lights. 
Well, shit. take all BMWs off the road right now. They're they're a danger. If you're a lobbyist, that is. You're getting people getting whacked. They, they they have no scruples. These people. Just like we we'll just kill you. I'm looking up ethylene. It, it, I don't give me. I don't know what they use in there. If there's some special antifreeze. Generally speaking, antifreeze is a, is ethylene glycol. So let me look it up. I have my Merck Index, which one of our listeners gladly sent me, or one of our producers. Uh, the trouble is it's such a big book. You have to dig around. I mean, even if that happened, it was probably the gaffer tape that they had taped her arms behind her back with that <laughs> didn't allow her to get out of the car. I mean, please. Yeah. It's insulting to my intelligence. This this And this is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Yeah, this is our theory. There's no... Yeah, how about she got whacked because she was in a bad deal? She was lobbying for the wrong oil company. She got whacked, dude. Whacked. Whack. Lobbyist gets whacked next to Raldo. That's your clip. Yeah, I know. What time is it? 11. Got it. I'm not seeing heat of vapor. Is it vaporized? No, da, da, man. Da, da, why, da. E- why even bother? You know it's crap. You know it's crap. It's not true. John, it's bull crap. You don't bull have to look. Crap. It's, it's not true. Besides that, why would you use a flammable liquid in a heating system? <laughs> Idiotic. Anyway, okay. A Cu- couple of... Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have something to... Uh... Well, I, not, not another car, really. I do have a, a thing that's that's breaking news. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Breaking news from John C. Dvorak. Play the 2010 egg. Oh, no. Let me know the... Breaking news from John C. Dvorak, 2010 Egg. A quick word about eggs. Healthy or no? Yeah, this is really exciting news. It came from the egg board. It's data from USDA. And what they found is that the 2010 egg is better than the 2002 egg. <laughs> it, has, it has less cholesterol, 14% less cholesterol, yeah, 185 milligrams per egg, and more vitamin D, 64% increase up to 41 units per egg. And you were telling me downstairs one a day. One egg a day is okay. One egg a day is fine. Just don't overdo the saturated fats. Okay, thank you, Rich Besser. And coming up, prepare to no, be No, wait amazed. a minute. Really Let amazed. me think. Is this leading into a plug for Mimi's book about eggs? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but the point is, is what, what are we talking Mimi's about? Mimi's book about eggs. Year number for the egg? Yeah. Not the 2009 egg. I don't know. That was that a good. It was a good year for eggs. Hey, hey, I, I got 2010 in, in, egg. I, I got, I got a, I got a 1999 egg in my basement. You'll just love when I make an omelet out of this puppy. I mean, give me a break. The 2010 egg. <laughs> it's a chicken. <laughs> Yeah, it's well, yeah, we do have an egg book coming out. We're also working on the wheat book. Somebody sent me an email saying, you know, you're always, you guys. You're always making always, books. <laughs> you're always teasing one topic for the next show and you never talk about it, which is true. And uh, But I'm going to say that uh, just to say about wheat, what they've done is they've come up with new bleaching agents and you should start looking it up. There's again going to be a book on this. But the point is, is that all wheat is bleached, no matter whether you like it or not. Except unless you grind your own and it's fresh that day, it's always bleached. So the unbleached wheat or flour is the same as bleached flour and it's bleached differently. And the whole thing's a huge scam. And I think a lot of the problem, and it turns out that a lot of asthma and other issues may be caused by the crappy flour that we're being fed in this country. In many cases, some of the ways we're manufacturing our flour are actually illegal to do in Europe. Uh, I look forward to seeing Mimi talking about her egg and wheat book on C-SPAN 2. It'll be a different, two different books, but... So, uh, Ministry of Truth, 
And unfortunately, there's no video that I know of, I looked for it, of uh, Hillary Clinton, who was visiting Mexico. And uh, she was interviewed by Denise Merker of Televisa, who asked her opinion of proposals to address black market violence by repealing drug prohibition. So the question is, in Mexico, there are those who propose not keeping going with this battle and legalized drug trafficking and consumption. What is your opinion? Now, it reads... It reads great, so that's why I'm sad that I don't have audio or video of it. Her answer, I don't think that will work. I mean, I hear the same debate. I hear it in my country. It's not likely to work. There's just too much money in it, and I don't think that you can legalize small amounts for possession. There's just too much money in it. Yeah, for the Clintons, in drug running, it's unbelievable. They just they're too just, much money. It's not going to be legalized. We're making too much Too much money. money. Google Mina, Arkansas, everybody, just to remind you of uh, what the Clintons' role is. The Clintons and the Bush, they run all the drugs. That's their job in the New World Order. And then uh, WikiLeaks. Finally, now, we can, now, now we've got some good stuff. WikiLeaks cable comes out, uh, which is now being uh, Twittered everywhere. Oh, WikiLeaks says peak oil is real. Peak oil is real. Saudi Arabia cannot pump enough oil to keep a lid on prices. U.S. diplomat convinced by Saudi experts reserves of world's biggest oil exporter have been overstated by nearly 40%. The analysis, peak oil, peak oil, peak oil, peak oil. So then uh, I'm like, wow, this is interesting. So I go and read the actual cable, which, of course, no one can be bothered to do or the cable that is released. And it literally, so they even, uh, the Guardian highlights in yellow. Um, the crux of the issue is twofold. First, it's, possible that Saudi reserves are not as bountiful as sometimes described in the timeline for their production, not as uh, unrestrained as Aramco executives and energy optimists would like to portray. So this is being spun as peak oil, but in the cable it actually says, while stating that he does not subscribe to the theory of peak oil, the former Aramco board member does believe that a global output plateau will be reached in the next five to ten years. Well, that's very different than saying it's peak oil. Which is exactly the way this is being spun. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of our our listeners is an oil uh, trader. Yes, he is. Or Uh, something like that. Well, he's a trader. I think he is, yeah. Uh, He doesn't believe the $200 thing, which I mean, we have, we question too, because it would be, it would break the world's economy. And he's been making money shorting uh, oil at 92 and then popping it down at 86. And uh, after Egypt starts to cool down, he says you're starting to see this more normalization of the oil prices. But I think it's going to go, you know, they're going to take a run at it because, this is, you know, they get it up as high as they can. Well, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get it past. They got to beat the record, which I believe they, is 147 or something. Yeah, no, they're going to go. They, they've got to beat the record and just just, just to, to show do it, that they can just to do it. Yeah. And uh, of course, it has to it'll be running for the <clears throat> next couple of months because the Glencore IPO isn't uh, until uh May, I think. So uh, after the IPO, it's any you know they'll tick it up a little bit more. But I think yeah, they'll help you boost the stock. But I think know. we'll see we'll see the peak somewhere around September, <clears throat> just leading into uh, you know the cold season again. That could be. Yeah. I we also got a letter from one of our uh, uh, friends in the intelligence uh, world. <laughs> yeah, as, as we do. Let me read this because it's interesting. I'm not going to say his name, obviously, but uh, it just a it just a it's just not revealing anything interesting in so far as intelligence is concerned, but it's it's just it's kind of 
what we've been saying all along about uh, the military industrial academic con, uh, uh, complex. Uh, complex. So I was listening to last Sunday's show. It reminded me of something I meant to share with you. I'm an intelligence analyst at the Air Force. Last week, I was at an intelligence conference. They have these things by the ton. A speaker from the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Do we? Did you know that that even existed? S- sounds like a division of NASA. Was discussing, out of Langley, was discussing some new programs they're trying to field. A senior executive from Northrop Grumman asked him how long it would take until it was ready. As a joke, the speaker says it will, he said, when, when will the war be over? And the Northrop executive said, don't worry, there'll be another war. <laughs> the rest of the slaves in the room just laughed and the presentation went on. Because of my years of listening to No Agenda and the fact that Adam was, has drilled into my head that the words matter, I was just floored. The words kept repeating in my head, was it just a joke or is it the military-industrial-academic complex really that tied into the march toward wars? I believe it's the latter. As a side note, which is the real reason I'm reading this, MITRE Corporation, which we've talked about, the federally funded think tank, MIT, Georgia Tech, and other academic institutions are always present at these classified conferences. That's right. There it is. There's your military-industrial-academic complex at work. Yeah, now and we appreciate those inside uh, uh, inside uh, things. Yeah, especially when they it's confirm cool. what we've been promoting. It's, uh, it's crazy. Talking about the CIA, I do have one clip that, which I thought was highly amusing. The guy who wrote, not he didn't write Syria, but Syriana essentially was written by this guy. His name is Bear, ex-CIA. He writes a bunch of memoirs when he's, and which have to be cleared. He says, but he somebody asked him. He was in the C-SPAN, and somebody asked him out of the blue, "Do you think it's a good idea to visit Iran?" And I thought his answer was interesting because it makes me want to go to Iran. But so, so imagine you're asking a CIA guy, what do you think about visiting Iran somehow? The airport, this brand new airport, absolutely beautiful airport, by the way, very organized and everybody's very polite. And they pull me aside to say, uh, Mr. Bear, would you come with us? I said, you know, my mother was right. I'm, I'm half an idiot. So, but anyhow, it was the fingerprint me because I was a journalist and we fingerprint them. But, you know, if, I, if a CIA guy can go in that used to deal with the Iranian opposition for years and, was not, and did not write well about them in his first book, if he can go in and then be hosted by the office of Ahmadinejad, you can go. I mean, you, I mean, you can't do something crazy there. I mean, you're not going to... I mean, there's no American consulate to call up if you get arrested, but... If you're a tourist, they'll, they'll treat you well. It's a fascinating place, extraordinarily sophisticated culture. And, you know, you go with good questions and, and you know, catch up with the latest rock and roll and you'll be welcomed and embraced. Yeah, we've discussed this many times in the past when the saber rattling first started about Iran. Uh, you know, 70% of the country is under 30. Um, there, the Persian... Uh, uh, people they're beautiful the boys and, and they're girls not arabs no they're just they're beautiful to look at they've got iphones they've got ipods uh they've got cell phones and i've seen pictures of iran it's lush green i mean there's beautiful beautiful parts of iran i'd love to go it's yeah f- i'd love to go too i mean for no other reason they get that smoked rice 
which I of course smoked rice. Of course, there's a food angle. <laughs> oh yeah, can you imagine? I mean, Iranian food is quite tasty, and I'm sure there it's really dynamite. Obviously. And I would love to go there to have some food, take some photos, uh, go look at some of the sites and uh, hang out with some of the uh, people, talk rock and roll, like they said, which I guess they're in, into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, go and then leave. I mean, I wouldn't want to stay for well, a it's, long it's time. Real, I think it's real easy. I mean, we, uh, the, of course, Los Angeles is, uh, is pretty much little Iran. And uh, it, I, just, I know tons of people who are from Iran. Yeah, we can probably get a pretty good uh, can, look at the place. Yeah, we, we can get a place to stay. I mean, it's no problem, no problem at all. We, if we want, if we, if we're serious, and of course, we'll never do it. We never go anywhere. Well, which is unfortunate, but well, I'm going to Madrid next week. So, oh, are you going to do the show from there? Yeah, I'm going to be there on Thursday, and I will, I'll do the show. I guess it's what nine o'clock at night is when it's nine in the right. morning here. Uh, no, six o'clock at night. Is it six? Yeah, six p.m. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I, I get in about in ten or noon or something, and I'll set up shop. Hopefully, <laughs> if there's anybody that lives in Madrid um, that listens to the show, I'd be interested in uh, having a backup plan in case I can't get a good connection in the hotel. Yeah, I'd be interested in that too. I think you should. And um, but you know, I, I suspect that the connection will be fine. I have a couple of remnants of programming that I do not want to miss. Uh, the BBC had a very interesting um, uh, report about RFID. This is now starting to heat up a little bit as uh, Apple and uh, HTC and Nokia and everyone's uh, coming out with their RFID uh, technology, but also the near-field communications. And remember I was saying that I, I had this theory, this kind of wacky theory. Yeah, how surprising. Um, that the IPv6 was really needed because we needed more IP addresses to track cash. Remember that? Yeah. That cash would have its own IP address and then, you know, you would Right. Well, we, we know for a fact, and I think we've discussed this before on the show, that a lot of the bills being printed nowadays have an RFID chip in them. Well, it's been disputed and, and the government say, no, it's not true. However, this BBC report shows a $5 bill with an RFID tag. It shows oh, Euro it notes. Five. Check it out. Listen to this report. And they have not changed the tactile properties of the banknote. In the future, it won't just be manufacturers who can protect themselves, but any business that handles this stuff and which knows what it's like to find a fake note in the till at the end of the day. Because scientists are already experimenting with putting extremely thin RFID circuits right onto banknotes. The thickness of the circuit is very small. The circuits are actually thinner than the ink on the same banknote that is put there to define the visual features. The circuits are thinner than the ink. Making circuits this thin is an extremely delicate process. Funny boiler suits and a dustproof environment are just the beginning of what's required. But at- So, um... You actually see it in the video, a $5 note with the RFID tag in there. And they show it to you under a special uh, light lamp, and then they show you Euro notes. And then they say, oh, in the future, it's just an experiment. Right. <laughs> well, there's some guy with a website. I, of course, it could be bogus, but you never, I mean, I never, I've done this myself, who took a bunch of $100 bills and put them in the microwave oven. And then cranked it up, and they popped the uh, circuit, which was in the middle of the bill, and put a, like a hole in uh, Ben Franklin. Yeah, no, we've done this. We talked about this years ago. When, when yeah, I was, years ago, I was doing it with Euro notes. It burns a little hole right in the middle where the where the circuitry is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, yeah, every bill could have its own IP address, and you could that would be kind of funny. They're, they're definitely possible because of the trillions and trillions of IP addresses yeah. you'll be able to get from the new system. I, I think it's the way to go. The <laughs> way to go. So uh, we both had the diet soda report. Um, it's interesting because you have a clip uh, about a minute, and it says diet soda bad, diet soda really bad. And I have uh, an analysis, which I thought was kind of more interesting from a doctor, from a TV doctor, by the way. Um, this is the report that came out, which uh, basically said the, 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 the elephant in the room is they're talking about aspartame, but they're not saying aspartame. Never. Which is very interesting. It's all about the sweeteners. And so this is a PR job, and I, and I have proof of that in, uh, in a moment. Good. Uh, uh, let's uh, listen to your clip first. Does it need set up or just uh, roll the report? Yeah, this is uh, Diane Sawyer, mm-hmm. who <clears throat> just is, I don't think is a good anchor. She's, she kind of is mud-mouthed. Uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> mud-mouthed? But she, 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 here she is. In health news tonight, first, diet soda and a new report that seems to show a link to heart attack and stroke. And also, eggs. Turns out they may be healthier than they were before. What does this mean for the amount we can eat? Our chief health and medical editor, Dr. Richard Besser, is here to explain. Let's start with the diet soda. Right. Oh, this is going to be great because I have another chief medical uh editor from a different news uh, report. So this is going to be great. We'll compare the two. This will be fun. As you know, I want to start with the diet soda here. Well, hold on a second. Stop. If we're going to do that, let's look for the exa- let's look for the exact same wording. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because okay, my, my doctor actually stumbles and almost messes it up, and I think that's a clue. A link to stroke? Yeah, this Heart is, disease? That's right. It's a study that was presented today. Okay, now, again, this is a, listen to what he's saying, because, again, it's a study... Right? It's a study, which this is how you get news. Do a study, and you got news. Now, listen very closely. At the American Stroke Association meeting, and it seems to show that people who have daily diet soda are at increased risk of stroke. But I have to tell you, I don't buy the findings. It wasn't well done. They didn't look at what other things people were, were taking in. So I wouldn't change behavior based on that. But, Diane, i got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of drinking a lot of diet soda. So if you hear about that study, don't go by that study. But why don't you like diet soda? Well, we know that regular soda is linked to obesity. But if you're drinking a lot of diet soda, you're going to start to crave that intense sweetness that you get there. And that's not good. If you can switch over to having unsweetened beverages, having sparkling water, unsweetened tea, an occasional soda, uh, uh, diet soda, that's fine. Wow. Okay. So he, without saying it, he's saying it's addictive. You, you'll keep wanting it. You want more. You want more. Very interesting. So he says, oh, the, the study's no good. Now, this is ABC. Oh, this is fantastic. My report is from NBC. Oh, wow, this is great. And, uh, and listen to what my... So your doctor is... Uh, oh, this is... Oh, oh, I don't like this study. This is no good. Uh, just screw this. Uh, my doctor has a little different take. And also about the study. Dr. Nancy Snyderman is NBC's chief medical editor. Good morning to you, Nancy. Notice, chief medical editor. Same credentials, John. Same credentials. Hey, Meredith. This is a little confusing. The official um, study has right. not been released. This is a press release from the well, National Heart Oh, well, that's interesting. It's a press release. It's not the actual study. So did your doctor actually read the study? I don't know. He seems to have, but well, maybe not. She says that it's not out yet. Listen. Abstract. So it's not just a press release. It is an abstract, and it was presented at the stroke meeting. So they presented an abstract at the stroke meeting. So your guy's lying, I think. He read the abstract. He doesn't like it. 
Oh, stand by. Let's hear more. And, and there's some science behind this. Okay, but science. without being able to pinpoint the link, mm-hmm. link, how much diet soda... Do you hear that? Without being able to pinpoint the link to what? To aspartame. Is too much diet soda. Well, what they found and what they reported was that for people who drank soda every day, there was a 61% increased risk of a vascular event, something like a stroke. I think the real question and why the beverage industry has taken a stand and the scientists are saying, no, we stand by our data, is that we don't know where the it is. What is it that might be the link? <laughs> I can't. John, what could, could it, it be? possibly be? What's uh, in this stuff? It's only know. like the flavoring that's what in all cola. What could it be? I don't understand. No one knows. It's a mystery. <laughs> what are they talking about? It's, a, is- it's a mystery. What could it be? It's, uh, I don't understand. It could maybe it's the water. It, no, you know, it, it couldn't be like that aspartame stuff, could it? No, it's a mystery. I think we have to sort of dial back our social patterns a little bit to the days of Julia Child, where she would say, hey, what's wrong with a teaspoon of sugar? It's 16 calories. It's not going to make you fat, and it's not going to kill you. But we have fallen in love with dietary sweeteners. And what we've all found is they've made us like things sweeter. There's now some science that it may rejigger the brain such that it makes you crave other things. Yes, exactly. This is what aspartame does. it's amazing. These people buy into global warming Im- immediately and, oh, science, 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 science says so. But when it comes to, like, proven science about aspartame, we can't even say the word aspartame because we know we're going to get sued if we do that. So there's a link here somewhere. We just don't uh, We know. can't find the link. John, if only we could find the link. This is funnier than mine. I give you. I don't know where the link is. Funnier. NBC's got funnier material than ABC, and it continues. She actually stumbles, and and I think I think it's a clue as to what's going on here, and what we'll see. And, and you watch because I know what's I know what's happening here. Stand by. Know quite what it is, but there's no doubt that we like things sweeter, and when we want things sweeter, we want more of them. But when it comes to the link, the American Beverage Association right. is taking um, a hard stand. Yeah, hard stand again. Against this study, they right. say that one of the problems is things like family history and weight gain were not controlled in this study. Well, they, the scientists controlled th- things pretty much beyond that. There may always be a genetic component. So, so she's saying that the scientists did a good job, and they did contr- have all that control stuff. While your your editor is saying they didn't. Wow, this is very well. ABC is more part of the White House. No, I, I, I know what I know what it is. It's coming. You just watch. I know what they drink in the White House. Listen to her stumble. And um, weight gain, per se, I'm not so sure is important. The beverage industry does have a point that we don't really... There's no reason to think that this is... There's a villain in diet. Uh, did you hear it? Did you hear yeah, it? Yeah, Diet what? What did she say? Diet cola. That's what she was going to say, Diet Coke. Listen very carefully. Is important. The beverage industry does have a point that we don't really, there's no reason to think that this is, there's a villain in diet beverages. (laughs) I drink them. But I think you have to remember. So here's what I think is going on. Diet beverages. I think what's going on is this is cola Pepsi war. And I think, because there's a, remember we talked a couple weeks ago about a new sweetener, neoprene? Yeah, no, we, that was some time ago. We've been talking about these. Not that long ago. No, no, it's it's no, it's been couple weeks. No, it's only a couple weeks. It's only a couple weeks. And let me just Google it for a second. Neo, I think it's neoprene is what it is. Of something. Neoprene? Uh, no. Yes, some stevia related. No, 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 no. 
it was it was uh, it was another horrible one. I can't remember what it was. Maybe the chat right, the, we'll, chat, we'll the chat room will, fr- will figure it out. I so we know in the White House they drink Diet Pepsi. We know this. I think this is Pepsi Coke coming out and uh, fighting because Diet Coke has aspartame and Diet Pepsi is going to announce they're using the new stuff. You watch. This is a Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke war. It, and, of course, what's getting snowed under is the fact that people are dying from aspartame and all of these sweeteners that do mess with your brain, shred your DNA, make there's you a fat. Lot of, you know, there's a lot stuff. of uh, folk... Uh, Evidence, in other words, you know, just passed around that excessive amounts of diet co- colas of, or diet sodas of any sort uh, actually seems to be uh, creating early onset Parkinson's. Yeah, well, that and is- I think I I would reinterpret this if this does if the you're probably right. Pepsi's probably going to come out with something because if it came out as a press release, this whole thing is is being staged. Totally, but I also think it might be a staging for. The removal of the slow removable of, of aspartame before the real studies come out to show how deadly this stuff is. Right. And what they're going to do is they're going to come out with they're going to slowly. It's like walking backwards real slowly while you're watching the bear. You know, oh, let, me step back, let me step back, let me step back, let me step back, and then they're going to put in these new sweeteners, and then they're going to just be mum. Right. About aspartame in the future, it'll be just won't show up anywhere. So it's either a, it's either Pepsi Cola Wars, which I think is very possible, um, or it's uh, yeah, or it's a rebranding exercise. Something is going on, and no yeah. one is. And I mean, it's unbelievable that they're saying they're going. Like, what is? We just don't know the link. We just don't know what it is. I just you know, it's the I, only variable there is in these diet colas <laughs> is the aspartame. Everything else is in regular cola. You got your cola flavor. You got your phosphoric acid. You've got your this and that. They're all in both drinks. The only thing that's not in regular cola is aspartame. There you go. So how is this so confusing to them? <laughs> because they're not allowed to say it. I mean, this is a they're PR move. Not allowed to say it. Yeah, it's a PR move, and uh, something is afoot. Foots, and it's happening. Yeah, I mean, just what we can watch it, and we're going to laugh. In uh, and this is why it's good to listen to the show because you can laugh when you see it unfold. You're like, huh, okay, we knew that. All right, quick trip around the dial as we look at some magic numbers before we get out of here. And uh, beautiful numbers, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful numbers. There's a, a new biodiversity project. Oh, we should do the little jingle there. Biodiversity. Hey. Are you going to sing over each and every jingle? Um, no. I'm just saying. No. Yeah, that's. I just get excited. I get excited. No, I, I don't mind you singing all the time, but you, but you've sung over each jingle, and these jingles are like well prepared. Yeah, it kind of sucks when I do that, doesn't it? And you're stepping on yeah. the poor guy's stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, we'll do it again without me singing. You may, <laughs> you may sing along at home. So there's a new, there's a couple of new memes. Oh, before I forget, the new normal meme was front page of uh, USA Today two days ago. Remember we oh, yeah. talked about new normal. So the yeah. housing bust, the new normal. It's like everything. We whenever you're screwed, hey, that's the new normal. Okay, shut up. Uh, while you're mentioning these 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 uh, these sorts of memes, I want to mention another one. 
Michelle Malkin was on one of these shows recently moaning about this the train crap with about Biden. And she mentioned she caught on to the to the uh, uh, win the future. She she said she said the motto is being changed, at least by by Biden's camp, which we should be on the lookout for this. She says the motto is changing from win the future to seize the future. Oh, do you know that that was a book? Uh, seize, seize the future? No, uh, winning the future was a I think a Carl Rove book from two thousand five. Oh, that's ironic. Yeah, uh, you think? <laughs> so uh, project three three three, everybody. Project three three three. You got to get on the bandwagon for this. Project three 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 means uh, three months with only thirty three items in your closet. And what? this, yeah, and this somehow this uh, we've got to go minimalist, and this somehow uh, helps the environment. 33 items in your closet? Yes. So for three months, you must try to get by with only 33 items in your closet. Scaling back on wardrobe makes eco-friendly fashion statement. What? Yeah. I'm, uh, keep it's asking me what. in there. How is that eco-unfriendly? I'm, well, because you don't, it, I guess it proves to you that you only need 33 items. You don't need to be buying uh, clothing because that, of course, is bad for the environment. It's bad for the fashion industry <laughs> if they take this approach. <laughs> really? People need jobs. No kidding. Former union leader gets 33 months in mob scheme. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. But the best one. Now remember when we, when we look at the number 33, which we feel is a, is code. Uh, it 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 means whenever there's a press release that comes out and there's code with the word 33 in it, it's basically saying, "Hey, we've done it. Mission accomplished. Home base. Uh, we've done our job." Well, here it is. Microsoft patches 33 holes and three zero-day flaws. Well, if that isn't a message that... Uh, wow. If that isn't a message... 33 and a three. And three zero-day flaws. Pounded home. Yeah. It's it couldn't like, be 32 flaws no, or 34 no, flaws no, or, or two. A, or a whole bunch. <laughs> or lots. Or almost so 40. They, so that's basically telling, uh, probably, I'm guessing, because, you know, there's always been these these rumors that uh, Microsoft has got back doors all over it. Yeah, that's the message. Of course and it so is. so it's telling the NSA, is my guess, yep. the N- or one of these agencies, but the NSA would be the ones that would need the back door. Uh, that would do, or you know, whatever you were bitching about at us at the last meeting, it's been fixed. Yep, it's all done. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, you can stop bitching. It's all fixed. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Huh. Um, let me just see what I didn't get Monation stuff. I mean, we have tons of stuff in the show notes, of course, noagendashow.com. Uh, you can link through to the show notes. A huge outline, and as that project continues, we've got uh, more human resources working on it. We're going to come up with a... Uh, I'm working on a system, which is too intricate to talk about here, but... Uh, it's dynamite. Yeah, it it is actually going to be pretty cool. I think I mentioned it in the in the letter. Yeah, you I did. sent out the you newsletter. Uh, interesting in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, uh, the Dutch bank, the Dutch central bank DNB, the Nederlandse Bank, has uh, told the main retirement fund uh, investment fund they have to divest their gold. Said so you you can't be you can't have gold in the portfolio, which I think is really weird. They say it uh, it fluctuates been, too much. You probably have been noticing this as much as I have because uh, you probably don't listen to you, of all the shows you watch it on C-SPAN. You don't go to CNBC and listen to uh, Fast Money. No, no, I hate those. Well, people. there is a meme out there right now to uh, amongst stock traders 
to dump gold. Yeah. And it's everywhere. Oh. In fact, I brought it up with Horowitz on the last of DH Unplugged. Yeah, I have that and downloaded. He's, have he listen. confirmed that there is a, it should be playing on the stream. Uh, he confirmed that this is one of the main kind of memes out it's there. Dump me. gold, huh? Dump gold. Interesting. Well, and then just to wrap it up, just just to piss you off, John, they've done it. Please go to handsacrosscalifornia.org. Oh, yeah, somebody sent us this. I was just like, oh, that. Oh. Well, there's a song contest, and I think you should, uh, you should submit <laughs> I think a Hands Across the California Song Contest. Applications currently being accepted for the official song contest. I think you should uh, apply. I should. And uh, when is this thing being held? Is it .org? <laughs> yeah, it's .org. And... Uh, uh, what is this for? Here it is. And a bunch of people holding hands. <laughs> the, the United Children of Benetton. One day, one line, stand up and be counted. Over 1.5 million people, over 1,500 miles. It's hands across California. It will bring Californians statewide together to benefit California's community colleges and their students. Who benefits? Who benefits? Amanda Abbott. A mother who dreams of helping hearing-impaired children. Ira Heinzen. A love of learning that will one day change lives. Stephen. These people look like retards. Just to be completely politically <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> well, this Amanda Abbott looks like a hippie chick that, you know, lost her joint. Yeah. <laughs> look Let's at Ira. about it. Look at Ira. Ira, look, nice picture. Good. I like the composition <laughs> of that photo. And how about uh, Stephen? Ira looks like he's holding himself. <laughs> Stephen looks like it was psycho. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he looks like Jared. Let's just call him just, just call him Jared. Jared Stephen Martin. Personal struggle. It leads to an educational epiphany. Mm. East Los Angeles College nursing major and Oshark scholar Stephen Martin. Did not have a typical high school experience after being diagnosed with he had uh, meningitis of some sort. Yeah. I at twelve, he had three brains. Oh God! Oh, God. Look, people, no has a look, people, screw himself. hands across California. There is only one thing you need to do. Nap for humanity. dot com. Go there. Get uh, get your pillow. Get your blankets. And, uh, of course, you want to go to the No Agenda Carbon Credit Calculator.tk, notes in the sh- uh, links in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, and there's also another, uh, there's an iPhone app uh, coming up, John, which helps you track your uh, Nap for Humanity yes, credits. Yes, you have to definitely go there. I just want to mention this guy, Martin. I mean, this is using, this guy's got actually an interesting story. He's done very well for himself for someone who had meningitis. <coughs> and all these operations on his brain. But he, uh, you know, this is taking, you find these guys, and you put him into this program. He's not going to be standing around holding the hands with anybody. He's probably <laughs> studying. You find this guy, he's a pathetic story, you know? I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. But it's like, why exploit him? This is exploitation. It's just plain and simple. Who are the sponsors? Let's see who's sponsoring this event. Oh, Yahoo. Okay. Yahoo. Southern California Edison. The Teague Family Foundation, the Sims Man Family. Yeah, someone you know had nothing to do. These are probably women from Berkeley who had nothing better to do. Housewives from Berkeley. 
Oh, we're going to do hands yeah, across we got this California. Amanda, she's got the same as another. It's another sad story with her. She's they're all she's, sad story, of course. Yes, yeah, as far as her young daughter apparently is deaf, and that's so. This is the issue. What is the point of taking these, you know, and exploiting each one of these guys? I'm sure that Ira with that crazy photo has got some issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she lost and, her joint. You already said it. And. uh you know, I don't, I just don't appreciate that. I think it's 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 exploitation. Exploit, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. So instead of holding hands across uh, California, please nap for humanity and remember to uh, support this show because uh, we work very hard on it and uh, it is what we do. And uh, take a look. By the way, go to that back to that site and look at the the route. There is no hands across California. It's a round trip ticket to San Francisco to L.A. along the lines of the high speed rail. Oh really? Yeah. Oh no. Maybe they'll have a train going by. Toot toot. Toot toot. And uh, in closing, everybody, uh, remember that the FCC has now announced uh, the emergency alert system uh, will be initiated this year. That means your cell phone will actually broadcast a message, will receive a message broadcast by El Presidente or Lucy. Your cell phone, your cable, your radio, your computer. This is how tied in this grid is that we're in unbelievable everyone's scrambling to to comply the thing has never ever been tested no one it's like the president will take to the airwaves and address the nation in a test only a test this is a test i speak to you from the white house it's scary that that's happening Mm. and that's what it's done for to scare the slaves that would be you but when it happens, we'll be laughing, won't we, John? I don't know. I always keep my phone turned off. <laughs> Dvorak.org slash N-A. And that concludes our emergency broadcast from uh, Gitmo Nation West. We had a uh, lot of information today. And indeed. Sorry? I said indeed. Yeah, and there's even more, man. I didn't even get to half of it. Oh, by the way, that chick at... at, at uh, at Woody's house, Bush Bush the Fourth. Remember? No. Aug- yeah, August Bush, the Bud- the Budweiser kid. Oh, the oh right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, she yeah. OD'd on oxycotton. What? Oh yeah. Well, that's code for heroin, because that's what it is. It's synthetic heroin. Yeah, she. That's the just. Oh yeah, she. Uh, it's a heroin. I mean oxycotton. Yeah, she's uh, OD'd. She was hot too. Oh. Brr. That's what the elites are doing, everybody. Mm. Oh. Sad story. Sad yeah. state of affairs. Sad state of affairs. <laughs> Have a brew. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, IA, here in the Watchtower Crackpot Command Center, where I'm manning the circuit breaker. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley's where there's custard in the air, I'm John C. Dvorak. You sure that isn't the chemtrail? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda.